are listening to the Flood Podcast. Music and more with Bushy and Metal Mike. Sit back, crack open a cold breeze, break out your step, light it all in. While we do our retrospective views and discussions of all things music, food, and entertainment. Give your Metal Mike Metal Towns. So without further ado, here's Bushy and Metal Mike. Well, all right, that's right, we're back. Welcome to another episode, finally, of the Plug Podcast. I am Bushy, with me as always, Metal Mike, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's good to be back. It's been way too fucking long. I swear to God, real life sometimes kicks us in the balls. So all of our faithful listeners out there, all five of you. All five, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you for sticking around with us and not forgetting us and everything. And we promise we will do better in the future. We were just talking off mic about it. So we definitely have some pretty cool plans for this podcast. So, yeah, I hope uh, you uh, like what we got some uh, ideas. Oh, for sure. Well, like I said off mic, we got to follow up with Duckets. He's very keen and eager to get back and, and do uh, the, the, the basically tell. I mean, you can call it an interview. It's basically just him telling us his, his awesome life story and all the fucking cool people he worked with and killer experiences he's had. So, uh, but that was a really great episode, man. And, you know, and now that I have better sound quality too, it's like, yeah, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, you know, the old debauchery with Duckets. We definitely have to get him back. Yeah, we've got to do debauchery part two and three if we can, man. Um, so, definitely. Well, uh, we'll definitely work on that as well. What what has been going on with you, brother? Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, as you know, um, I was away from not just doing the podcast, but I wasn't even doing the Metal Mike show for... Um, plug plug that metal station i'm a co-owner and uh of the of the site and station and uh so technically i'm kind of bushy's boss folks don't tell anybody though <laughs> and um you know bushy of course you know he's a dj there and i hadn't been doing the metal mic show for at least a month man it was like it took longer than we thought basically what happened is about a a couple of years ago, and I'm sure our listeners may remember when I said that my mobile home got destroyed when a tree fell on it and I had nowhere to stay. Uh, and my good friend, who's also the co-host of my show, Bill Doe, for real Doe, a.k.a. Bill Roseberry, was kind enough to invite me in. He had literally this den- this basement that's kind of like a, a subunit or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's got its own bathroom. It's got its own shower. It's got its own washer and dryer a little kitchenette it has everything i a bachelor like myself could want or need and just had this really nice room and stuff so i moved all my stuff in here and kind of turned this into like what what we affectionately call the metal mike studios well unfortunately because it was a basement and for a long time his foundation was fine but it started having leaks Ah. and um and ironically we were supposed to get it fixed a long time ago because um, this company, they call themselves B-Dry, where, and basically what they did is they trenched around the entire foundation of the basement, and then they fill it with concrete, or they install pipe in there for a sump pump, and then in, and fill it with concrete, and then put, like, this, this seal over it, and uh, that's what they did, and uh, because of that, and because we had to tear into certain things so they could do what they needed to do, 
consequently my living area had to be remodeled such so to speak so we got like new carpet and we got a new door which is like a really thick like no hollow door so there ain't no noise coming through you know when i'm recording shit or doing my show which is pretty fucking cool and uh because i plan on staying here with bill you know i pay him rent of course you know and sure i, I plan on staying here for quite a while I'm, I'm saving my money up man that way when i go out on my own this time i am ready I am ready and I don't have to worry about, oh, fuck, how am I going to pay for this furniture? Oh, fuck, how am I going to pay for that? No, daddy will be fucking ready when I move out, man. I, <laughs> I mean, just moving in here, it's so much cheaper, dude. I've saved so much money already. Nice. You know what I mean? That it's like, and once I sell my property, I'll even have more money. So I should be okay to where I don't have to worry about, you know, stupid shit. You know, not that it's stupid shit, but, you know, that, that because let's be honest, most of us that work for a living, man, we we live fucking paycheck to paycheck, unfortunately, man. And it's it's a it can be a very exhausting existence sometimes. I, I don't know for anybody else, but it exhausts me. It's just like, man, it's not that I want to be like so fucking wealthy, but it would be nice just to have enough money to where I don't have to worry. Like, oh, fuck, how am I going to pay my car note? How am I going to pay my ha house payment or my rent? You know what I mean, Bush. Oh, you know. absolutely. We, we all do it. We live it, you know? So it's just one of them situations. But we did have a complication, though, because in the middle of the room, there's like this seam. And there was some water that was leaking. And Bill was pretty pissed off at first because the company calls themselves Be Dry. And it was more like Be Wet. Right. And, uh, you know, we were like, what the fuck, man? But like I told him, I'm like, dude, thank God you didn't buy that new carpet and install it, though. This is a good thing because now they got to fix it. So they had to literally dug another trench in the middle of my room and put more pipe down there and then the concrete and the sealant. But so far, everything's working great. Um, everything's awesome. I got this awesome new carpet, this new, you know, it's, it's almost like a whole new, you know, not totally new, but I got everything moved back for the most part and I'm rocking and raring to go. I've already done two shows back, uh, with the return of the metal Mike show, both been a hell of a lot of fun and man. I mean, I guess people miss me, Bush. I had a, I've had a full chat room both weeks, man. Like, nice. And, and I mean, and, and of course, you know, is when you're on Sam, it'll tell you how many listeners you had, but that's only one server. And, and even John told me I'm, I'm getting quite a few listeners. So it's like, cool, man. And I mean, and that's competing with Chris and Aaron when they do their video version of the decibel gig. So I, I'm like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely good. I finally back to a, to a full-time schedule at TMS. Uh, you know, I was just kind of doing fill-in shows here and there. Right. Uh, but now, well, what's your slot now? Wednesdays, 10 to 1. Okay. So that would be 9 to 12 where I'm at. All right. Because I got to remember, because now that i am got this new job, I'm going to have a bit of a different schedule. So I'm hoping that maybe I'll be off on a couple of those Wednesdays where I can actually listen to you. Because most of the time, dude, when you come on, my schedule before was every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that's 12-hour nights. Well. Yeah. I'm not going to be listening to anybody's show. I'm going to fucking bed right after work, you know, because I'm tired. For real? You know, so it's, yeah. So it's just one of them situations where now I'll be able to maybe check your your your, your crazy-ass show out. <laughs> no other show on TMS like it, that's for sure. Yeah, it is for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I have not heard any Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, or New Kids on the Block on any other show. <laughs> no. And you're the only DJ to probably get away with playing that shit. Where, you know, I mean... You know, because we, I, I mean, it's weird. We've kind of opened things up a lot. 
so much so that sometimes I kind of wish, um, like when when Scott Green left and and we basically took over. Sometimes I wonder if we shouldn't have just changed our name to something else, like that music station. That way we could have opened up more of the music genres and we could have more different types of DJs. But it was just a thought I had, you know. Right. Well, people come there for metal, but when they come to my show, for the most part, they know. I'm going to throw some goofy shit in because... Well, you're eccentric, man. You always have been. It's just, you know, it's just how... That's how you roll, Bushy. It's what we love about you, you know? And I got to tell you, Sarah doesn't help. Sarah does not help because she'd be requesting some off the wall shit. <laughs> because she knows you're going to fucking play it, dude. <laughs> She's like, I yeah. bet he won't play the Muppets such and such. <laughs> Challenge accepted. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, even I played the Muppets on my show. Fuck it. It's the Muppets. I'm still waiting for a heavy metal cover of Can You Picture That? I swear to God, I don't oh, know why oh, a band hasn't that. covered that. Oh. That would be awesome. I, You know what? If I was in a band, I would so cover that fucking song and make it all heavy and shit. Dude, why has nobody done it? Yeah, like, I had to picture that. I could just fucking hear it in my head right now, dude. But I, I love that song. I, I'll tell you what, that soundtrack, Paul Williams, what a composer, man. That soundtrack to the Muppet movie, which incidentally, I just, it's been a few episodes back, but our, our another fellow DJ of ours, my our friend Brian Davis, he did a review of the Muppet movie oh, on nice. his excellent I don't know how podcast. I missed that. Um, his excellent podcast, Damn Good Movie Memories. I highly recommend that you check it out. Um, I've been a guest on there several times. Plug, plug. Nice. And, um, you know, no podcast horror am I. <laughs> and, uh, no, no, but he does a great job. And that's one of the reasons why I asked Brian to be a DJ is because I really liked his podcast, and I thought to myself, "Well, this guy's very knowledgeable in music. He would make a great DJ." And you know, and I've got a, a we've got a few more DJs joining the station, so I'm really, really excited about the direction that the site and the station's taken. And we're getting bigger, man. Like we're on just about every server you can find now. Um, we're expanding, and I'm pretty fucking excited about it, man. So. That's awesome. Yeah, there's there's people with us. I don't even know. I've had you know no interactions with them whatsoever. My my work schedule now uh, doesn't allow for me to listen to uh, listen to the radio Monday to Friday. Right. You know, so all these shows because well, most shows are night shows. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's be real. And and I'm at work. You know, it, right. it's, it's been three to eleven. Uh, I work about forty minutes away, so I'm not getting home till almost midnight. Dude, I come through the door. Uh, my girl has two chihuahuas. They're normally still up. My daughter takes care of the bigger dogs. And uh, I come through the door. I spritz down the chameleon's pen, cage, habitat, whatever you want to call it. Turn off his lights for the night. I get the chihuahuas outside to go to the bathroom one last time for the night. I put them in their kennel. I drink a beer. I go to bed. You know, I'm normally in bed by midnight, 10 after. <laughs> Right on, man. Because I still get up in the morning. Now, my schedule's changing next week because we're going back to pre-COVID stuff. And I didn't know what pre-COVID stuff was because I just started here about a month ago. But uh, it's going to be 3.30 to midnight. So it's still eight hours. You'll take out the half hour for lunch because I've only been getting a 10-minute break and a 20-minute lunch since I started. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that kills me because at the last place I was working, I got a 25-minute break, a 30-minute lunch, and a 25-minute break on my 12-hour shifts. So a 10 and a 20 has just been brutal. Uh, working five days a week, dude, I haven't done that in years. Right. Uh, years. Right. Yeah, because I've been on 12-hour shifts. 
Right. That's no. got to be weird. Dude, I mean, it's... Yeah, because I would know what to do. It's funny because every once in a while I'll pick up an eight-hour shift at, well, my other job, but now I'm getting a new job. And it doesn't even feel like working because you're so used to working 12-hour shifts. You know what I mean? It's like, fuck, I can do eight hours in my sleep almost, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense because I've been working 3 to 11. That's been the shift I've been on, and that's because of COVID, you know. And um, you come in at 3, I immediately start work. I mean, they don't play around there. I'm By 3.10, I'm, you know, I'm turning wrenches and shit. Uh, 5.50 is our first break. Well, I've already turned around twice. It's like, oh shit, it's break time. Haul ass, do your 10 minutes. And 10 minutes gives me time to light up on my way out because I'm a smoker. Light up on the way out the door, get to my car, move my car to a more convenient spot. You know, because there's a lot less people work 3 to 11, obviously, that work the the, the, the uh, day shift. Get back inside. Get back to work. Next thing I know, it's 10 after 8. It's fucking lunchtime. Holy hell, you know. So there's 20 minutes. You know, I'm sitting out in my car, jamming some tunes, seeing what's going on at home, eating, have time to have a smoke. I mean, I have to shove food down my throat pretty quick. Right. You know, have my smoke, get back in, turn around twice. It's 1045. It's time to clean up and you're in line to go home at 1057. You can't clock out till 11. But I'm like, yeah, I hate five days a week. I hate it because I like my three-day weekends. I hate it working right. every other weekend, but I like my three-day weekends. The other side of that is eight hours. Psh, dude, I'm done. It's, and like you said, you feel like you haven't even worked. It's like, Holy shit, it's time to leave. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. It's the one thing about 12-hour shifts. But, I mean, I like 12-hour shifts because I don't want to work any... I, I don't want you to sound like a lazy fuck, but I don't want to work any more than I have to, you know. And I don't know, 12-hour shifts, it just... It's you get more time off. Yeah, you get more time off, which, being that I'm, you know, a co-owner of a website and a radio station, I need more time off because one of the things... Uh, later on the week, I'm going to get a hold of Duckets. Every all you listeners remember Duckets. He's my partner in crime at that metal station, and because um, I'm wanting to really help, kind of contribute to the written content side of the site. Uh, but the thing is, is me and him, we're going to get on Team Viewer and kind of get together and figure out how we want to lay out the articles and stuff. So, uh, because one of the things I did in the Metal Mike Facebook group page for a while was the album of the day, and and a lot of people liked it. But the problem was, it was just too involved. It's like trying to do album of the day and do it on a daily. It just got to be too much for me. Sure. So it was like you know what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that kernel of an idea and I'm going to make it album of the week. And I'm going to repurpose all my old posts first and make those articles and do it weekly. And then eventually, you know, I'll have to write new ones, I know. But, you know, it's a lot easier to do something because, I, you know, I can't help it. It's the fucking nerd in me, man. When I talk about a record, I got to go into the minutia. I got to go into what it, you know, I got to, you know, I, I and not just that, but just give every of the musicians their shout outs of what they did. And, and, and you know, I don't know, man. And a lot of people like it because they even say, man, dude, you're, 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 you, whatever you want to call them, they're so colorful and, you know, the language you use, and, you know, I'm just like, well, hey, man, that's just how I roll. Uh, Bildo, my co-host, Bill Roseberry, he he was doing a series of articles on our old site. That's when we were still using GoDaddy, if you remember. Right. And uh, it's called Beer and Metal. Well, we have all those old articles, plus he's wrote a new one that was never posted. And we're going to repost all those, but I'm not going to do it all at one time. I'm going to sprinkle those out because... I feel with us using Wix now, it's almost like a new website, and I think people will 
they're going to dig the written content. That's part of the thing. Bill, of course, still does track of the day of the Metal Mike Facebook group page, and he'll continue to do that there. But yeah, I'm wanting to, you know, get more involved in in that aspect of the site as well, man. Because, like I said, people seem to enjoy my writing, and fuck it, man, I like doing it. So, and I'm oh, the goddamn yeah. boss. I can post what I want. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, my fir- my first album of the day, which will be my first album of the week, was Kiss Alive. So, yeah, oh. I get, like I said, I tend to get a little wordy with my album of the days, and that's why I think it would work better as a weekly thing <laughs> for the site. And I'll just put the links to, you know, the site or to to the article in in the plug Facebook group page, the Metal Mike Facebook group page, and and wherever else I can, you know, whore myself out at. Oh. So. Well, that's what you got to do in this, uh, you know, day and age of social media. I <laughs> right? mean, I've even started the ticky tocky thing now because. Uh, oh, really? Well, I, I had to monitor my daughter. I was, I was, getting some complaints, so I had to get on there and find out what this thing was all about. And um, the problem is that she does those lip sync videos that so many people do on TikTok. The problem is my daughter likes a lot of modern pop music and it's just filthy. Yeah. It's just filthy. Now where I have a problem is my folks tried to censor me so hard that I I don't want to do it, but I've got to find I've got to find a line. And I'm yeah, still trying hard, to figure man. out what the hell that line is cuz it's one of those I don't care if you listen to it but maybe we don't necessarily need to be lip syncing it because you might as well be saying this stuff. And if you say this stuff in front of me, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Oh, you know, because, because I, you know, I'm 46, my dad's 66 and I don't drop a bad word in front of my dad to this day. You know, whether I'm on the phone with him, whether it's face to face, it's just one of those things. I don't do it. You wouldn't, you would not believe talking to me face to face and then talking to me with my dad <laughs> he's like well who the hell is this guy he... well that's <laughs> yeah. interesting see because i do curse in front of my father but my father's a retired pipe fitter it's the only way i can explain it well my like, dad's retired army and he's retired corrections officer for christ's sakes <laughs> but i, I but i, I won't I do know it. <laughs> but but I, it, right you know but i mean don't get me wrong when i was little if i cussed i got in trouble but once i became a man i mean i try not to cuss in front of my father but my father i mean he's still he's he's just a dirty old honorary old man you know he like (laughs) the f-bomb flies out of his mouth all the time especially he'd be watching them fuckers on the news and you know they fucking say or do something he don't agree with oh you stupid motherfucking cocksucking fucking you know I mean, I'm like, Dad, calm down. Fuck, they can't even hear you, Pop, you know? Yeah, see, maybe like, that's why I don't think, because my dad does it. I remember when he used to, but he does it. I guess as he's gotten older, he's he's calming down. But his, his health's not great, which, hell, if you ask me, that's all the more reason to get a little ornery. Right, right, but... um. But I remember but the yeah. ass whoopings I got as a kid, and I'm oh, not trying yeah. to get oh, one yeah, as yeah, a yeah. grown man. Don't, don't, don't get me... Don't get me don't get it twisted. My dad and mom both whipped my ass if I fucked up. And and it was weird. Like, we've had this conversation before where, where one of the things I do relate to you with is, you know, like, I remember all my friends getting to see, like, fucking the Motley Crue shout the devil with Ozzy Osbourne Bark the Moon tour. Oh, man. I, I missed some legendary shows, dude. Oh, and, holler. And legendary acts that, you know, like, 
I would have loved to, like, I would have loved to have seen Dio in his heyday. I would have loved to have seen, I didn't get to, uh, my first Kiss concert, well, my first concert was Kiss, and it was the Crazy Nights tour, which is ironic, because that, <laughs> I don't like that record, as you know, but the tour itself was even, like, if you talk to Kiss historians, it wasn't that great of a tour. Like, Kiss didn't really do a lot of the theatrics that they normally do. I mean, I think Gene blew fire and there was some pyro, but it, it was a very scaled back show, um, theatrically speaking. Huh. Eric Carr's drum solo, though, was fucking phenomenal. And they played a lot of cool songs, but even that, a lot of Creatures that night, man. They played a lot of stuff off Creatures that night. And, but Ted Nugent just fucking handed it in their head that night. Ted Nugent kicked the fucking shit out of Kiss. You know, now, I, that's I, funny. They must like toured with him because when I saw them yeah. on the farewell tour in 99, Ted Nuge was there for him. Yep. Me too. Me too. Nuge was there. Skid Row uh, was there. But and, 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 and Nuge was great, but he didn't blow Kiss off the stage. Like that was that was a concert of equals. Like Nugent was great. So was Kiss. But that other one, man, it was like, yeah, Kiss got the sh- I mean, Nugent just came out and destroyed them, dude. Destroyed them on the Crazy Nights tour. At least that night in St. Louis. I can't speak for the whole tour, but man, Nugent just fucking annihilated them. Well, I could, I could tell you this about my... Because I've seen them several times. Um, once was the scab version. Uh, but I did see him on the reunion, and I saw him on the... Well, it was to take my daughter to her first concert. It was Def Leppard okay. and Kiss, so... I, I, I just like to bust balls. You know that, man. Oh, yeah. But I, I got to tell you, both times I saw not. Kiss, both times I couldn't wait for them to get on. And it's not necessarily for the reason you would expect. When I saw him on the reunion tour, they had this unknown band... Uh, this punk band, because they were bringing all kinds of obscure people with them on that reunion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a punk band called Degeneration. It looked like a bar band. And dude, I could not wait for Kiss to come on because their drummer was beating the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just on that kick drum. I was second row center for that tour. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I shelled out bucks because it was my first ever concert. You know, so I was I was making that an experience. But I couldn't wait for Kiss to come on because I know Peter was more of a doop-doop-doop-doop-doop type of drummer, you know? Right. And when I saw him with Skid Row and Ted Nugent, Nugent was so fucking loud. Yeah. That I could not wait for Kiss to come on just so I could try to save some of my hearing. (laughs) (laughs) That guy is proverbial spinal tap. Turn up to 11 (laughs) Oh, yeah. Nugent don't fuck around, dude. He puts on a great show, though. A lot of energy, a lot of kinetic energy. He's just fucking amazing, man. Um, I'm I'm a big, like, you know, I always liked Ted Nugent because, like I said, I was introduced to his music as pretty young age, man. You know, my my neighbor across the street that I've mentioned before, Kevin Barnes, he's like a big brother to to all of us, even my older brother. He he was a big, big time Nugent man so I mean my first exposure to Ted Nugent I think was double live Gonzo oh wow uh, yeah it blew me away you know I mean and, and the reason why Kevin was introducing us to that kind of stuff was he liked Kiss but he just got tired we were obsessed Bushy. he was like Kiss 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 you know he was like guys there's other fucking bands besides Kiss you know you know what I get that because even though I got into him later on and we were talking about that off bike for the longest time 
dude, any money I had, that's what it went to was oh, yeah. you know, cassettes, you know, records, CDs eventually. That's that's all it went to. And it was Columbia House. Sorry, guys. I probably owe you a shitload of money under <laughs> six or eight different names. <laughs> Who the fuck don't, dude? Who the fuck don't? I but, mean, But seriously. thank God for Columbia House because <laughs> I was just constantly getting different metal. You know, the metal of my era. Right, but I was I was that guy for the longest time. That's all I cared about getting was you know what's what's the Kiss album I don't have yet. I was I was obsessed with them, even though they had already been past their heyday. I was the guy that was like, oh, I gotta get into these guys. We're talking mid late eighties. But it was new to you, and there's just something about discovering a band. And what was kind of cool about it, and I mean even now, if, if you first discover a band who's been around for a while, you go and you get. I mean, because that's just the way it was done, you know, because back then record labels, man, they would they would show a little bit of patience with an act. And if, a, if an album didn't take off that right away, they would they they'd keep working with them until the album did break big. And then when it did, when that when, when that one album would be their breakthrough album, then everybody who liked that album would go and get their back discography. I mean, it was something I did as a kid. Sure. You know, and um I mean, it's just, you know, nowadays the business model is different. I mean, that's what kind of cracks me up because some people act like that, you know, oh, albums don't sell. It. No, no, that's wrong. To me, it's just the business model's changed. A guy that I think who's doing it and doing it right is Trevor William Church of, of Haunt and Beastmaker. Like, he started off with a, um, a, a small label. They were called Shadow Kingdom Records. That's when he had Beastmaker. Since then, though, he, he eventually got his own recording company started doing everything himself it's all diy man the records he presses and and he does everything through Bandcamp. so if you buy an album like say you get it in physical format you get the digital version of it for free right. um, which i mean amazon and other companies do the same thing you know if you buy something whether it be cd vinyl whatever you you get the digital download free as well but but what what impresses me about trevor and not only that he's signing other bands to his label and oh, producing wow. their stuff like this guy he i'm very he's somebody i would love to talk to and interview i i need i'm on I'm facebook friends with the guy i really just need to get the the cojones i, I need to take these nuts and take them and, and pull them out and, and so they're not tucked in anymore and fucking have the cojones to go, Mr. Church, is there any way I can interview you? Because I would just love to to talk to the guy, man. I'm a big fan of Beastmaker. I mean, I got turned on to Beastmaker because it was the band that was opening for Zach Wilde's Zach Sabbath project, you know, his Black Sabbath super group. You yeah, know, cover, yeah. You know, and, um, and, you know, real very sabbath like doom metal because that's really what doom metal is essentially it's just sabbath you know music sure. you know, um that style of metal and and then he did a more of a new wave of traditional metal uh band called haunt which i also love and i mean bushy they're just he's so prolific i mean you're talking about a guy who sometimes puts out music two or three times a year sometimes it's ep sometimes it's full-blown albums wow and it's all quality stuff you know, so, yeah, he's somebody that I'm very, very impressed with, man, because it's just like he has that old school aesthetic and work ethic, you know, and yeah, it's, it, he's doing it all himself, man. And, and he's proving that and he's making a living doing this so it can be done, you know, 
uh, and, and Hawk's one of those bands that's getting quite a bit of buzz about them. They've been doing a lot of festivals, and, and um, I, I highly recommend them to anybody, both bands, really, to anybody out there that loves, especially old-school metal. If you like Black Sabbath, if you like um, Iron Maiden, and to me, Hot sounds like, because it's got a twin guitar tag, it's like Iron Maiden meets Thin Lizzy kind of thing. I don't know. It's really hard to describe, but, man, it's just so good, dude. Well, I, I hear... I mean, I'm not that into the underground scene, so to speak. But I hear there's this whole resurgence. Like there's a new wave of traditional heavy metal yes. I keep hearing about. The new wave of traditional hard rock and heavy metal, man, that I think you would love. And, okay, do yourself a favor. I don't, I think they've just, I think the Decibel Geek guys, uh, you know, Chris Sinzak and Eric Camaro, they just did a recent episode. They got one where they're, they're they've got Carm. Carmine Peace talking about the Blue Murder album. That's uh-huh. their albums unleashed. Because you know how Decibel Geek is. They, they, they. It's a music podcast, but they don't always. Not every episode is exactly the same. Sometimes they do what they call the Albums Unleashed series. Is when they take an album they love and they get a producer, or somebody that was involved with the project, and they, and they ask them a lot of that, you know, geeky technical. Yeah, questions. all the all the techie stuff. Because we're fucking dorks, you know. I mean, really, essentially, I am. I'm a metal dork. I'm a nerd. I mean. Even growing up, I was into comic books and science fiction and fantasy, and you know, I, I'm, I, I'm into that kind of shit. So I, I can't think of any of us that weren't. I mean, hell, I, right. I, I was a D and D player for Christ's sake. Oh, there you go. You know, and and for some reason, us guys gravitate to heavy metal too. I mean, I don't want to say heavy metal is a music of nerds per se, because not everybody that's into metal is nerdy, really. But I definitely think it's a music of outsiders. It's always has been sure. even when heavy metal was at its most quote-unquote popular that's why i it just kind of cracks me up you go oh, metal's not mainstream anymore see i could give a fuck less man i don't care if it is or not like because to me it never really truly was um really i mean like i said yeah of course in the late you know mid to late 80s it got pretty popular uh that was a good thing but it was also a bad thing you know you know what i mean so to me it was like I don't really, to me, there are a lot of great bands out there in a lot of different subgenres of hard rock and heavy metal. And But the, the point I'm trying to make, I'm, I know I'm blabbing, you know, <laughs> but there's this fucking episode they just did called Fresh Blood. And it's a series they do sometimes called, you know, the Decibel Geek guys called Fresh Blood, where they'll, they'll talk about new bands. And dude, every one of the bands they played, I liked them. So much so that I literally went out. One of them was like a stoner metal band called Howling Giant. And what's funny is the son of Peter Baltus of Exodus, or not Exodus, I mean, um, except um, he, uh, let's see here. I got it written down here somewhere. <laughs> his, his son is Sebastian Baltus, and he's the bass player in the scene of this band. I believe they're from Tennessee. I think they're from Nashville called Howling Giant, and I really, really liked it. But there was some other bands, and I wrote them all down because I'm going to look. Some of them I've already looked up, but I'm going to look them up, man. And, and some of them, Bushy, they're in your wheelhouse. Totally, man. I mean, they're totally, totally in your... It's like, oh, shit, Bushy would be all about that. Because you know Sinsack, man. He likes that. He he likes a lot of that. Uh, you know. He likes the glammy, hairy stuff. It- yeah, yeah, he likes that, you know. I mean, some of it I like too, but um, but there, there's one band called the Bad Somethings that I think you would really like. 
there's another one called uh, Stone Whiskey. Uh, there's another one called Midnight City. Um, okay, I've heard them on one of their episodes. I yeah. Believe. Yeah, there's... Um, or I could be thinking about Midnight Spell. What the hell do I know? Killer uh, album by them, uh, by the way. Yeah, another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Unknown Refuse or Refuge. Um, there's there, uh, But they were all, like, really good. Like, I'm sitting there going... And, you know, me, I'm always looking for bands. You know, I'll either go on YouTube and type in new metal or, or new thrash or whatever it is I'm looking for, you know. Um, and... I'll find stuff on Bandcamp all the time. Plus, we get a lot of music sent to us, you know. Right. And uh, I know yeah. I still haven't downloaded those files to see what's in them. <laughs> I'm so bad about it. Yeah, you need to, man, because you never know when you might discover something, you know. Because to me, dude, yeah, I love talking about all the legacy acts, but I also want to cover the newer stuff too. And we have with with me, you know, in you, you know, like I. You know, I consider podcasting and what we do with the online radio as an extension, you know, because, you know, it's funny, like Chris had just pointed out that streaming is getting a lot more popular now because with the licensing and stuff and people, they're really frowning on people playing music on podcasts, you know, because all these copyright things, I guess because it's recorded, they feel like you're like dipping it. I, I, I don't look at it that way because I'm like, but all these songs they're playing they're trying to give your band love and more exposure it's not like any of the podcasters are making any fucking money off this dude all of us do it because we're fans but but my point that i'm trying to make is with streaming with live streaming see like we can play whatever music we want at that metal station because i me and me and john pay the licensing fee for us to do that you know so you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, as much as I love pie, I, I consider myself an online radio personality first and a podcaster second. Now, I'm not saying that podcasting is not important to me because it very much is. To me, this is just an extension of what I'm already doing. And sure. Well, it's, it's more of a chance to talk. And uh, that's one of the things I, I kind of made a Facebook post because I was so stoked to be doing this tonight. Oh, okay, cool. You know, saying that... Uh, can't wait to get on the mic again. Now, yeah, I get on the mic on my radio show, but it's nothing like like when you're on the mic, you're talking for a good 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, because you have a co-host there. Me, I'm by yeah. myself. I'm doing my thing. You know, I might crack a joke here or there, but I'm basically, here's what we just listened to. and Here's you know, what we just played. Here's what we're going to play. You know, plug this, plug that. Right, and then you go and you do and, your thing. And you get back into the goofy-ass music. But the funny thing is, it's not these musicians that have an issue with their music being no, played. No, it's the record company. Yeah, because Anthony Corder, I think he was the guy you know, from Tora Tora that was just on uh, the, the Decibel Geek Live last Friday. Because while I was on my lunch break, I got a chance to listen. And he was really thanking podcasters to you know, cause giving them an outlet somewhere yes. to talk about their music and yes. such because they're ignored by the mainstream these days. Well, so sure. it's, it's definitely not the musicians anymore. It, it's well, no, no, of course not. Yeah. It's the record companies. But again, I think it's just, it's, it's just like, okay, it's kind of similar, but different. It's like when, and I've noticed there's certain film companies that are more fan friendly. And what I mean by that, like for instance, obviously Disney owns star Wars. They own Marvel. You know, they own a lot of different... Yeah, they own everything. 
Right, but but they're not as like there's people that'll do these fan films on YouTube and they're mm. fucking quality, well made. You don't see Disney slapping a cease and desist because they realize, well shit, these guys are fucking they're they're literally advertising our product for us and they're right we're paramount for fucking free where paramount was slapped down on these guys that are trying to do these star trek fan films and i'm like you're fucking stupid that is just stupid because how good was star trek continues oh yeah there's been yeah it was great man there's been a lot of star trek fan films i've seen that were fucking awesome and that's what i'm trying to say it's like you're an idiot paramount you're fucking stupid you're you're stupid, and that's what I'm saying to those record companies. You're fucking stupid. Yeah. Now, with this, well, we'll abide like, by the rules because we don't want to get in trouble. You know, that's right, why I stopped course, putting music know? on here unless it's unsigned. Right, and that's kind of what Chris. I think with some, it's not that some of the bands they played that Chris and Aaron didn't play weren't signed, but they got their permission to play them first. They were like, "Hey, we're going to play you. Is that cool?" And as long as you have the band's permission, from what I understand, the 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 record company can't really say a whole lot about it, man. Because, again, it's just advertising your product for you. Right. you know, even for these legacy acts, it's advertising their product for them. You know, That's why I couldn't understand why Vinnie Vincent pulled what he pulled on the Decibel Geek guys. Because I'm like, you are an idiot. You He'd are have a made so much money. He'd have oh made so God. much money not if just did not that appearance, but, Yeah, but not just did that appearance. But he, again, Gene Simmons said it. He said it a long time ago in this fucking... Um, Kiss documentary. Exposed. No, no. Oh, but uh, exposed. Extreme close-up. Yeah, that's it. And he just said that, that Vinny was the most self-destructive guy he'd ever met, you know? And you know what? I think the demon was fucking on to something, obviously, because here's my my point. Um, even, oh, okay, we got KC95, Terrestrial Rock Station. They play classic rock. And I'll give them credit for their Monday Night Metal show. They mix it up a lot. They play new. They play old. They play a lot of, you know, and and they don't always, like, dude, they'll play Cannibal Corpse and then turn right around and play Rat. They don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? So I give them them (laughs) props for that because that's the way the Metal Mike show is. The difference, though, I think, well, maybe not so much with Monday Night Metal, but that gal's doing a good job. She's doing the best she can. And I'm kind of shocked that Casey's giving her the leeway to do what she's doing because I've listened to her show a few times. And I was like kind of impressed because I'm like, holy shit, man, they're playing some really heavy stuff. But they're also playing the the classic stuff, too. And they mix it up a bit, which is what you should do. I think maybe the main difference with me is, of course, I use a lot more colorful metaphors because I don't have to worry about people censoring me on, on, on the Internet. Right. At least not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and if then, the FCC can figure out how to get a hold of it, they will. And then, of course, you have, um, uh, you know, I play a lot of deep cuts. Like one of the songs I played uh, the other day was by Black Sabbath, man. And and even my co-host Bildo was kind of like, whoa, you know, like you, you played a, something that was, you know, he it was a song he wasn't really, really familiar with, man. And, uh, you know, because I try to play the, the, the deep cut, uh, Under the Sun from Volume 4, the, the closing track of Volume 4. That's not a song you're ever going to hear on terrestrial radio. Right. You're not ever, even satellite radio, because they're, they have a playlist and, oh, you can play ACDC, but you better not play Sin City. You better play Shook Me All Night Long or Highway to Hell. You right. see you see what I'm trying to say? And, yeah, and that's absolutely. Why, that's why I think, that's why... 
people like Vinnie Vincent, I just don't understand because I'm like, dude, number one, nobody flew that fucking pink flag fucking higher than the Decibel Geek guys. For you real. fucking moron. Two, who's going to be interested in your product and push your product? Uh, podcasting and, and internet radio, you fucking dipshit. You think CNN or Fox News gives a flying fuck about you? No. No, they do not. I mean, it was just stupid. It's like, you're an idiot, dude. You, you know, once again, you let your ego, your greed, your bullshit. I mean, personally, I think the guy's mentally ill. Probably. But the problem is, is he won't fucking get any help for it. You know, like, I remember my, my nephew, Kane, who used to be a DJ for the station until he stepped down. He's still part of the Metal Mike show. So I'll still nice. give him the, 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 the title of DJ Kane. But he gets pissed about that stuff when there's certain people who act a certain way and then want to use their disabilities as a fucking excuse. Yeah, exactly. I'm just talking about Vinnie Vincent, okay? Yeah. I'm talking about a few other people. And, and you fuckers that are listening, you know who you are. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I'm not, and you, and, 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 and well, one of them. He did cross swords with me, and he's just a dumb mongoloid looking fuck anyway. Andrew Jacobs, go suck a dick. Um, the other one, I've never had any personal issues with him. He's been nothing but respectful to me. I, I feel you there. I mean, he, he blocked but, me whatever, but I've but, never had any issues with him personally. But, but with that being said, you know, I, I'd been on his podcast a few times. Part of the thing with me where I was starting to get irritated with him is I literally had recorded like two or three episodes with him. They're in the can, Bushy. They're done. They've never seen the light of day. Wow. And I'm and we're talking over a year ago. One of them with Bill Wayne, I may add. And I'm just like, okay, you know. And then when, when I saw the video of him, and we all know what he said and what he did. Yeah. I don't want to go into detail, but it it... I can't be down, like, I can't, I don't want to be associated with that, you know, I'm not, I'm not this, one of these pussy-ass fucking snowflake woke bitches either, okay, folks, like, I, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, you need, people who have just gotten way too sensitive need to grow a fucking spine, okay, and, and all that good stuff, but at the same time, I mean, the shit he was saying was just, you know, I mean, I got fucking friends who are Jewish, man, I just don't appreciate it, it's just like, Dude, there's what? a line, and and it's yeah. obviously crossed. But oh. we can we can still send thanks out, you know, th you know. And I'm not going to even mention his name because I don't want to lend any credence to the guy. Well, but thank true. God for him because it brought back rock and metal. That's true. It did bring back uh, Ralph and Ian, and I was going to get into that, but it just I guess what it, what. It's just like because I, I unfriended the guy and I took him out of my Facebook groups. And it's not I don't hate the guy. I really don't. Part of me still wants to feel sorry for him. But there just comes a point in time like this is what DJ Kane told me. He goes, bullshit, Uncle Mike. I take my medicine. You can help that behavior just because you have, a, a, you know, whether you're mentally ill or whatever the fuck your, your, your disability is, doesn't give you a license to be a fucking cock knocker. For real. And, and, and that's my, that's what Kane's point is. Like my, my nephew Kane, he suffers from schizoaffective disorder. That poor kid got a double whammy, bipolar and schizophrenia. Wow. He don't take his medicine. He sees and sees and hears shit that ain't there, Bushy. He don't get much more debilitating than that. 
for real. And and he had such a bad mental breakdown. Like I had to I had to fucking commit that kid to a mental hospital. It's one of the hardest fucking things I've ever had to do. It broke my goddamn heart. The kid's like a son to me. Probably right. the closest thing I have to a son. You understand what I'm saying? I do. I do. And you know, but he went and he got help. Goddamn it! And he takes his medicine because he even said, "I don't." ever want to go through something like that he goes like he goes i know logically uncle mike it wasn't real but it fucking felt so real it was like he felt like he was in a nightmare scenario like like the whole world had gone insane and he was the only sane person left that's how he felt good lord and i'll never forget when I had to get up there because they got him in the hospital, and he's freaking out. Where's my Uncle Mike? What did you do to him? I'll fucking kill all you motherfuckers. He's, like, freaking out, man. I finally get there, man, and they're all looking nervous, going, are you Uncle Mike? And I'm like, yeah, and they just had this sigh of relief because I was the only dude who could calm him down. He wouldn't listen to anybody else, man. It was like I was his only grip to reality, really, and I just remember telling him, hey, man, do you, you know who I am, right? And he just looked at me like I was retarded and said, well, you're my Uncle Mike. I said, okay. <laughs> I go, you trust me, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, all right, man, when these doctors and these nurses, I know it seems scary, but they're not trying to hurt you. They're trying to help you. When they tell you to do something, you take it as if I fucking told you to do it, okay? And you listen to them. You don't give them any trap. You let them give them the shot because you know, they had to calm him down. And if I broke my heart when he looked at me, he said, are you going to be here when I wake up? And I, I couldn't lie to the kid. I wasn't going to bullshit him. Buddy. Right. And I said, no, buddy, I'm not. But I'll be here every visitation. I'll be here until we get you out of here. And he did. He did what he was supposed to. He started taking his medicine. And and he still takes his medicine to this day. And part of it's because he's scared to death that of experiencing that again. But that medication also makes him very drowsy. He sleeps sometimes 10, 12 hours a day. Wow. It, um, he... He even now still sometimes hears voices. It's something that the poor kid is going to have to struggle with for the rest of his life. He even said that movie that, that Ron Howard did with Russell Crowe, A Beautiful Mind. He said it's kind of like that. He's like, it's that. It's like that. And I'm like, wow, that's a living hell. I'm yeah, sorry. That's you have to insane. So when yeah. people want to fucking cry to me about their fucking pro look, man, I'm, I'm not saying you don't have a problem or a fucking crutch. But you know what, man? You got to put your fucking big boy pants on. And you got to fucking do better. And when you fucking go off on certain people, like your friend Ralph, who's fucking defended you, been loyal to you more than once, bro, and you fucking still attack him. And then when he, he, he doesn't accept your apology this time, like he did all the other fucking 500 times or however often it happened, then you want to get pissed and attack him even some more. And then, oh, well, I'm going to do my version of this podcast. All, all right, bro. Whatever. <laughs> You know, whatever, man. And I'm sorry, but to me, now I consider myself a pretty witty motherfucker. I'm not stupid. Let's just put it that way. Right. But, I mean, I just don't understand these people who want to take on Ralph and Ian. No, here's, because... here's a new flash. News flash. You're going to lose. You're going to get fucked so hard that your asshole's going to be gaping by the time they get done with you. Because they're going to rip you to fucking shreds. You know. yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll be absolutely relentless, and they'll only do it if you come at them. <laughs> right. You know, they're a very different type of podcast. Well, not just that, but they're know? also. But what's cool about them, what I love about those guys, they they just kind of like us. Don't start none, won't be none. Exactly. You know. You know I mean, exactly, and, and, and they've like been nothing but great to be. Right, Mister Posterboard for birth control. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Andrew Jacobs. Um, 
you attacked me just because I said, hey, you needed to back up. I was trying to give you friendly advice. And then I and I love how I went from being one of his favorite guests on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast and one of his favorite internet radio shows to being a fat motherfucker who sucks and not, your shows are terrible. Well, number one, I've lost weight since then, bitch. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. I've lost weight. You'll always be a fucking poster board for birth control. You mongoloid fuck. Okay? That's that's number one. Number two, um, yeah, like I hadn't heard that before. You're fat. Dude, okay, man. And, you know, like, like I said, I've lost weight since then, so fuck you, bitch. You know, like, you know, the best part of that guy, the best part of that guy, Bush, he probably ran down his daddy's leg while he was being conceived. Fuck that douchebag, man. <laughs> I, I feel that, though. It's like if somebody looks at me, like, oh, you're bald. Okay. Oh, that too. But, oh, you fucking bald. Oh, okay. I haven't heard that. I've been shaving my fucking head since 1993, bitch. Way before it was like the cool thing to do. Yeah, see, I do mine because I have to. I hate guys that do it because they want to. I do mine because I saw the future. It had a widow's peak and a receding hairline. Even when I let my hair grow out, I don't have a lot of hair. So, yeah, I shaved my fucking head because... Like you said, I have to. Yeah. I don't have to make a fashion statement, and I sure as fuck don't do it for a political statement. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> what is that that George Carlin said? He said, it looks great on black guys, not so good on white guys. You want to go bald, do it like I did. Wait a while. <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> Right, I don't, I don't, uh, you know. But anyway, like, I and I didn't mean to go off on a tangent about those guys, because I, I want to, you know what, fuck, I'll just say his name, because Terrence, I don't hate you or anything, dude, but I, yeah, I, I had to unfriend you just because, I'm sorry, man, I just can't be down for that shit, dude, and if you want to hate on me, you can hate on me all you want, dude. Um, I'm not going to get in a fucking war of words with you or anything like that, but, uh, you know, and, and I, I, Dude, I hope you get your shit together, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and let go of some of the hate, because all you're hurting is yourself, brother. You ain't hurting anybody else. You're hurting yourself, man. You know, blaming whatever. See, I've never understood that. Like, you can hate anybody you want, but you do it because of something they did to you. You yeah. don't hate somebody because they're part of a fucking group. Exactly. You don't do that, man. Like, I'm sorry. And I'm not like Mr... Like, cause I get tired of hearing it too, man. I get tired of hearing these special interest groups want to whine and cry about how they got it so fucking rough, man. Number one, you live in America, which isn't perfect, but it's the greatest country in the world. Cause if it wasn't, you wouldn't have fucking how many people at our border fucking all squeezed in together like sardines. They come here because it is a great fucking country. Sure. Okay. So you know, I, I just get tired of, of, of you know. Everybody blaming somebody else for their fucking problems. And you know what? Fucking put your fucking pants on and fucking quit whining. Like, you know, grow a spine. Just grow a fucking spine. You know, like quit whining and crying and talking about how you. Okay, like homosexual people want to sometimes complain, man. And again, man, I have nothing against. If you, Look, be with whoever you want to be. As long as it's with two consenting adults, I could give zero fucks. I have plenty of friends who are gay. So it's not like that. But these, again, these special interest groups, these people that always want to whine and cry. I'm like, you think you got it so bad here? Go, go to the Mideast. Yeah. Go to the Middle East and see how you're treated there. Where they fucking throw gay people off roofs and shit. Just for liking the cock. Yeah. How fucked up is that? You know, it's, so it's insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. And my, and my whole line of thinking with that is, 
Life is way too short to be miserable all right. the time. Right. Like, you know, I mean, you know, if you're going to put that much energy into it, you may as well love them. That's the way I look at it. You may as well just be loving them, man. Like I said, you can hate on anybody you want. There's plenty of people I fucking hate. Guess what, though? Ain't got nothing to do with their background or the color of their skin or their sexual orientation or their gender or whatever the fuck. I could give zero fucks, man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, I didn't want to get further, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I didn't, but I was just like, it's just something that's been kind of bothering me for a while. And it was just something I just wanted to address. Like, you know, it's um, like it ain't growing hair. You got to get it out. Right. You know, or an ingrown toenail you know, sometimes and be very painful. And it's like, oh, rip that fucker out of there. It's just one of those things where it's like, I, I again, I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, some people might think, oh, you're attacking. Me. I'm not attacking you, bro. I'm just saying I'm calling you out on your bullshit. Number one. Because what you said was bullshit. Oh, and yeah. Um, and secondly, you know, I just, yeah, dude, just let it go. Because I'm telling you right now, you're not going to win. And this shit of whining and crying about how they're harassing you. Motherfuckers, both of you. You started it. You started it, man. It just doesn't pay to fuck with those guys, man. I mean, I again, though, maybe it's just me. I'm just one of those people. I don't, again, don't start none, won't be none. Yeah, you know what? Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I love those two guys. They've been nothing but oh. gracious to me. I, I got to tell you this. Those two guys make me think so much of Rambo, John Jay, in First Blood. You know, they drew First Blood, not me. You know, don't yeah. push it. Don't push it. I'll give you a war you won't believe. Let it go. <laughs> well, he like, says in the movie, he's got the knife right to me. He goes, yeah. let it go. Like yeah. He's telling you right there. Dude, back the fuck off. It's over. I'm willing to leave. I'll leave town. I'm gone. Just let it go. And that guy, and that's what's the sad thing. If you read the book, yeah, he was a war hero too. Brian Dennehy, well, they both die in the book. Uh, Brian Dennehy's character was a war hero too in the Korean War. Oh, see, I never read the book. Yes. I, I, so I knew that Rambo died at the end of the book. In, in many ways, Rambo and that guy were a lot alike. If, if he just didn't like Rambo's appearance because Rambo was down on his fucking luck, but it was like, well, you're wearing that flag. You're just, well, dude, he's down on his luck, man. Give the guy a fucking break. Like he, he's wearing that flag on his sleeve because he loves this country and he fought for this country. But instead of taking the time to go, hey, man, where are you from? You know, uh, where, where'd you get that jacket? And, and actually maybe talking to the dude, it was like, oh, well, you're a fucking vagrant. Get the fuck out of here. All I you wanted know? was something dude. And that's all he, yeah, he just wanted to be left alone, man. He, he came there to see his friend. He finds out his friend died. I mean, at this point in his life, dude, John Rambo's life kind of sucks, dude. Yeah. And it's like, and you got to just fuck with him. And that's the thing, man. To, to me, it's just sometimes, man, it's kind of like, I, I'm, I don't know if you ever seen this movie with Michael Douglas, man, Falling Down. Oh, yeah. Who hasn't? Masterpiece of a film as far as I'm concerned. And I know some people are like, oh, the guy was a fucking psycho. Don't get me wrong. Dude was a powder keg waiting to blow. Oh, no yeah. doubt about it. But the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, why does everybody keep fucking with him? Why do you got to fuck with the guy, man? Just leave him alone. But they wouldn't leave him alone. Yeah, the only <laughs> scene I could say where maybe he was wrong in that was where he got pissed off at the fast food restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like he scared everybody. What he did was fucked up. I'm not saying some of the things that he didn't do was fucked up. It was... I mean, the guy was literally, he, he was at critical mass. I mean, again, but you're talking about a dude who was good at his job, so good at his job that he, he ends up losing it because he's, like, obsolete. Yeah. 
His wife's leaving him. There's problems there. Again, not saying the guy was a perfect husband, but he wants to see his little girl on his birthday. Well, you're not coming. And this and and I'm sitting there going, you know, but what but then when the when the Mexican gangbangers fuck with him, or I should say Hispanic gangbangers, because they're probably Americans, you know, Mexican Americans or you know, whatever. Right. But uh you know, I mean, it's like everybody just kept fucking with him. The fucking the the the, the white supremacists at the fucking um, uh, army surplus store. You know, everybody kept fucking with him. And I'm going, why don't you leave the guy alone? He's already a powder keg. Now it's like, but they just. You know, like I love that part where he he's got the bat and he's chasing him. Don't you want my briefcase? I thought you wanted my briefcase. I'm like, yeah. It's like you guys just wouldn't leave him alone. He even said he because you just wouldn't you just wouldn't back off. You just wouldn't leave me alone. I mean, he even tried to settle it. Hey man, I'll leave your territory. No disrespect intended. I'm gone. Oh no, no, that wasn't good enough. It was, you know, and I understand that, man. I get it. Like I get it. Like you sure. know. So, and, and moral of the story, sometimes you don't know who you're fucking with, ladies and gentlemen. My mother always taught me, you know, you don't know what's going on in that person's life. You haven't walked in their shoes. Maybe they're having a rough day or they're going through a rough period in their life. So you screaming and cussing at them and your road rage really isn't the thing to do. Right. Not because they could hurt you, but you just don't know what's going on with them. And, you know, my mom was real big on that. Always taught me to put myself into other people's position because, you know, you just don't know. And, you know, and, it is funny um, to, to stay kind of on the same subject. It's why when I'm dealing with any kind of customer service people, I'm never rude. Nope. Uh, you know, because I've worked those jobs. Yes. I've been screamed at on the phone like I was yep. less than a human being. Yep. And, you know, at one point I worked for Direct TV taking customer service calls, but I worked out of my house. And I was thinking, dude, if you were on my doorstep, I would have laid you out. Who the oh, fuck I know. do you think you're talking to? So oh, I'm never rude to those people uh, because I was a waiter. And it, it, this yep. drives my girlfriend crazy. And I guess it's just because the cost of living is so much lower down here. I tip big. Mm-hmm. I always have. Yeah. I was a waiter. I know how hard that job is. Yes. I know you'll have that asshole that's just demanding the whole time and then leave you three cents. So, you know, as long as you keep my coffee cup full and you're not rude to me, I'm going to leave you a big tip. Dude, I mean, if the check's $20, I'm leaving you 10 That's I'm, a big I mean, tip. Right. Not only that, but I'm the kind of guy, like, if let's say they fuck my order up. I'm polite about it. Yeah. I don't yell. I don't scream. And you can tell they're so used to getting chewed on by people that when you tell them, hey, this isn't what I ordered or I didn't order. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, and I always raise my hand. I go, it's okay. It's yeah. all right, man. It's just, not the end of the world. Them, yeah. It's cool, man. Just, just fix it. I'm cool. I'm not mad. Like I always tell them, you don't have to apologize. I understand, you know, things happen. I mean, we're only people and, and, and those working with the public is a tough fucking job. Yes. And I kind of know because I take care of sick people. Okay? Yeah. And I did so that I had work to deal for a with long it. time yeah. too. Right. I, I had to deal with that. Plus the, 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 the unrealistic family members who think that nothing's wrong with mommy and daddy or grandma and grandpa or uncle Joe or whoever it is, you know, and they don't understand that, um, you know, most of the time, by the time I get your loved one, they're only one way out is the fucking long black car. Yeah. 
I'm just being real. I'm not trying to be harsh or cruel. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. And it's like when you get yelled at and, you know, and I've just gotten to a point in my life and my career where I don't put up with it anymore. You're not going to fucking talk to me that way. You're not going to yell at me. You're not going to scream. Like I literally had, I escorted a dude out of the facility because I just told him you're not talking to me that way. You know, it is ridiculous. I, family I, members can be brutal. And what these oh. people don't understand is that these people that do this job, they actually care. The right. problem is nine and a half times out of ten, it's not that they're having a bad day. It's they cannot get to your loved one fast enough because for whatever reason, the healthcare field is so incredibly understaffed. Oh, so incredibly yes. understaffed. I mean, my yes. girlfriend, she's suffering from burnout factor right now at her job because oh, it's so incredibly you. understaffed. Yeah. I, I much prefer factory work. I mean, you could train a monkey to do my job. It's not hard. Now, what are you doing again? You're you're doing, because you were working at the IV place, but you're working yeah. at someplace else now, right? Yeah. Well, now, dude, it's even better. Because like I said, a monkey could do my job. I, I work for a company based out of Birmingham, Alabama that builds utility trucks and we do the actual beds of the trucks. Oh, okay. We weld them together. We paint them and then they come to us for what they call dress out. That means everything else that goes on these trucks, we put on. So I'm working with impact wrenches and shit all night. I'm constantly busy just finishing up these trucks. I was, I was actually building trucks uh, Friday to go to New York for the power company, National Grid, that used to control my power up in New York. Oh, right on, man. You know, and it's... See, so, yeah, I get it, man. I get it. Like, don't get me wrong. It's my job. It's what I do. But it's just that sometimes I don't think, like... Yeah, there's just sometimes, like, I literally had to escort this dude, and he was pissed off because his dad wasn't eating. I can't make your father eat. There's a reason he's on hospice. It's called failure to thrive, even though right. we're not allowed to use that terminology anymore. But that's what it is. You right. know, and it's like, I can't make your father eat. I don't know what you want me to do. It's like they expect you to just wave your magic fucking hand like you're Christ. I can't do that. Okay? I wish I could. Believe yeah, me. By I the time they get to these facilities, you know, the staff that works there has adopted the attitude of they've come here to live the rest of their lives. You know, some yeah. people live 15, 20 years in these homes. Oh, that's some, true. Some will last six or eight months. Yeah, your whole your whole job is to keep them comfortable, keep them as happy as possible, and make their passing as easy as it can be. I make them as comfortable as possible. That's the way I look at my job. That's the way I approach it. That's the way I've always done it. And I mean, the dude, to his credit, a few weeks later he came up and he apologized to me. But I didn't take a shit. Like I literally grabbed his old ass and threw him out of the facility. I'm like, fuck you. I am not going to get talked to that way. You are not yelling at me. You're not calling me a motherfucker and everything else. I've, I'm not putting up with it. And I called my boss and told her what happened. I said, and if you want to fire me, go ahead. I go, but I'm not, I don't get paid enough for this abuse, man. I don't right. get fucking paid enough, man. You know, I'm yeah, sorry. Because half the time you get beat on by residents or patients, right. depending on what kind of facility well, I mean, you're in. I mean, here, and I know this is going to make me sound like a bitter fuck, but I'm going to say it. It's like everybody talks about, you know, the residents' rights and the family members' rights. Nobody gives a fuck about the caregivers' rights. The right. CNAs and the LPNs and the RNs, I mean, it's like open fucking season on us. We have no rights. And that's just a fact, man. I mean. Oh, I know. I did that work for seven years. Right. I, I had recently actually thought about going back because she's so short-staffed. She's constantly complaining about short-staffing. And I'm like, 
well, fuck, I've got the experience. I mean, my certifications are no good. My license is no good anymore. I don't really want to go back to school because I can't stand kids. You know, these little know-it-all kids in college are going to try to talk some shit and they've never done shit. <laughs> but right, they'll, right. they'll train you there. So my experience, I've got 14 years of medical experience between right. being a combat medic in the Army well, and yeah, being a CNA yeah. and a nurse. Yeah. It's just the money sucks. They pay worse out here. Now, that's you know, one I, thing I gotta say. I'd be about going from job. you know eighteen an hour to nine an hour, literally my, cutting me my, in half. My new job, because I'm an LPN and because of my years of experience, right now, Bushy, with this new job, I'm going to be making almost thirty bucks an hour. That's really good money for that's an LPN. Outstanding for an LPN. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Show me the money. And also, I don't have near as many patients. The acuity of patients that is, is lower. It's a lot more chilled. I mean, this place I was working at, man, we had um, dialysis patients and tube feedings and trachs. And, uh, and, so and you were a skilled facility. Oh, yeah. yeah. And on top of that, I had no CNA. So I'm doing the back-breaking CNA work, too. Fuck that. I, I'm done. You know, I can't do it anymore. I just turned 50 last October. I, I you know, I, no, daddy's done. All right. Oh, anyway, because she works um, in an assisted living facility, but she works on the memory care side. Right. And uh, there's people she swears need to go to a skilled facility because there's no Hoyers. Now, you can't come there if you have trachs and stuff like that. They don't do that here. All right. You know, but no Hoyer list. So they're two assists. After three o'clock, she's basically alone anyway because she works 12s. You know, but other people yeah. are leaving at three o'clock, so suffering from burnout. I, I, I thought about it. I thought hard about it. Right, I hear you, man. <clears throat> so yeah, and like I said, uh, I went through the whole burnout too. I, I completely oh, understand it. Fuck, I'm beyond burned out. Buddy. And that's like, why I'm medical you, people switch facilities all the time. Um, you know, um, for me, man, I gotta be honest with you. If I was to win like the lottery or publishers clearinghouse, my nursing days would be done. Done. Oh, oh my, I would, my working days would be over completely. Right. I would, get, I, I, would, I would focus all my energy into the station and the website. Yeah, I would get fat. And money. And money because I would um I'd have plenty of it. So Yeah, I would I would get fat. <laughs> well yeah, I mean I mean I'm just like I said, man, I've I I you know anyway, I don't I don't wanna talk about that shit because it's fucking depressing. Uh, um, well let's talk about the good news. All right. You know, because the good news is, I know we've mentioned it before, we briefly talked about it, but it's official. We're going to Rocket Pod. Fuck yeah, dude. And we're going, this is going to be a different experience for me because the first time I went, I just went as a listener, as just a casual dude, you know, and had an absolute blast. Um, and it was really funny, though, because I think because of the radio station and because of people knowing about me and also being on the rock and metal combat podcast and stuff. People knew who I was. Chris Sinzak knew who I was. Aaron knew who I was, you know, uh, cause I even made the joke cause I know they have their own metal mic. And I was like, well, see, I prefer to be called, and I really do prefer to be called DJ metal mic because to me, I'm not just a metal mic. I'm, I'm a, I, I, you know, I'm an online radio personality. I'm a DJ. That's what I, that's what I do. That's what I am first. Sure. So, so for me, it's almost like a title, like doctor, you know, it's DJ Metal Mike, you know, and um, but it was really cool because I did run into people who knew who I was, you know, so it wasn't like I was totally, um, you know, I mean, it, it was really cool to meet a lot of people and meet them in person, you know, um, 
like, of course, at Ralph and Ian, I mean, first person I meet when I when I arrive is Ralph. The right. last person I see because we actually spent the day together was Ralph. So which was very ironic to me because without Ralph Vieira, there is no DJ Metal Mike without not just the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, but really Ralph's band, Thrasher Die. That's how I found out about him. I watched his videos. Then I found out he did reviews. Watched those. Then I found out he had a podcast. And I mean, I was like, a, I think I may have been one of the first listeners of that podcast. Like literally when Ralph announced it, that, that video he put was brand new. Like they had only had one or two episodes out. Oh, wow. So I had been listening almost from day one, really. And then I remember Ian one time, because I joined their Facebook group page, he was like, he posted, and I'd become friends with him. Hey, man, I'm drunk. Somebody give me their number, and I'll call him. And I was at work at the time, but I'm like, fuck it. Hey, bro, you can give me a call. Not thinking I'd hear from him. Boom, about an hour. Like, hey, it's Ian Wadley, man. And I'm like, so I, and I talked to him for like an hour and a half, dude. I remember that night, because he ended up calling me that night, too. Right. And I, and I did the same thing with that Facebook post. Right. And I'm going, there's no other podcast I know of that does shit like that, you know, Not like, at all. That, that made you feel like you were part of it. Like, um, and, and no disrespect, because I think the Decibel Geek podcast is a terrific podcast. I think all the podcasts that Ken Mills do, and they're all very sweet and, and very friendly people. It's you a know, great, so. it's a great community, and you'll you're gonna yeah. have an absolute ball as a podcaster. Oh, I'm sure. I had a blast. That's what I'm saying. I had an absolute blast just being there. I met Brian Davis, and me and him became fast friends. My good buddy Jason Reith, who I've grown up with and went to junior high and high school with, he went, which was really cool. And and Ralph and Ian got the biggest kick out of him because Jason's a nut, man. He's just crazy. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, yeah, it, you were there the year that I didn't make it. That's what I'm saying. It's really weird with me. You went the first year. I went the second year. I was going to go the third year, but that was when I was literally in the process of moving. I mean, when your mobile home gets destroyed and you have nowhere to live, uh, you're kind of fucked. You know what I mean? I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't justify myself going when I had so much other stuff I had to sure. do. So I missed that year. So I missed meeting you that year. Right. You know, and then, of course, last year we had fucking COVID. So it was like, yeah, man, it was just one of those things where it was just kind of like, man, you know, this is this is some bullshit, really. It's like, um, you know, the, the whole COVID thing. But hey, man. Yeah. So this time I'm going as a podcaster. Very, very excited about that. Well, that's great because the the, the podcast <laughs> community, first of all, is so welcoming. They're, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, you, you get just such an outpouring of love from everybody. And, you know, because it's that music that binds us all together anyway. But the I don't know about you, but what I got there, putting faces to voices. was really cool. That's that's the the most fun. I mean, meeting the pod father, sitting down with him for a few yes, minutes the first yeah. time because I went as a guest or as a fan the first time, you know. But he he did a shout out for the radio show for me. The you pod know, he, father, who, by the way, designed our logo. Yeah, he absolutely did. You know, he's yeah, just he's, he's just a great guy. And he did it in Gene Simmons' voice for me. You know, because yeah, he does a great Gene impression. He does an awesome Gene Simmons man. He sounds just like him and i i know what you mean like when i met ken very friendly uh acted like he'd known me all his life you know yeah. and um was really and i i think he knew who i was i'm pretty sure because we were facebook friends by that point in time and that's what's funny is a while back 
I forget what group it was in, but he had said something. And I hadn't heard from him since. I, you know, but he he said, uh, "We should do something, Metal Mike. We need to do, you know, we need to record something." Or, and I'm like, "Podfather, I'm down." Now I think that was like right before. Like, I don't know. Is he even? Because I. I feel kind of bad. I haven't really caught up with Ken Mills's latest. Is he still recording stuff? Like, cause I know he took a break for a while. I, he's doing it sporadically to the best huh. of my knowledge. Okay. Um, and I know he's trying to figure out what his next step is. Cause he's been doing this for 10, 12 years now. Oh my God. Forever. But I would, if you're listening, Ken, I, I would love to be on a fuck. You know what? We should have, we should invite him on here sometime, man. Absolutely, and I'm sure if he had the time and he isn't too burnt out, he would absolutely do it because he's done it for me before. I mean, you know, we, we, we had a great Christmas music episode several years ago on this show. Right on, man. I mean, because the reason why I'm saying that is since we're wanting to plug, no pun intended, or was it? The oh, it's definitely pot intended. Anyway, um, you know, I mean, yeah, that's cool. We got Chris, man, but I think we should try to get as many of our fellow podcasters on to push this thing, you know, and, uh, uh, I would definitely, uh, love, I would love to have the Podfather here or, and, 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 and Hey Podfather, we don't even have to talk about music. Cause I know you're a huge comic book fan. You could always have me on your pop culture podcast, bro. I'll talk about <laughs> comics with you, you know, like, uh, you know, Ken's a good guy, man. Really good people. Like I said, I met Brian Davis and me and him became instant friends, man. Because by that point, I hadn't done his podcast. I knew who Brian was. I was a listener of his podcast. And I'll never forget because he was behind me and I heard his voice. And I turned around. And that was when we did the pre-show, which had Punky Meadows and, um, oh, the singer from uh, Angel. It was them as Angel. And uh, right. uh, I'll never forget. I turned around, man. I was on this deck and I said, holy shit, you're the damn good memories guy. And he was like, yeah. And I introduced myself, and I, he had known who I was or heard about me, and you know, and and then he was like, "Dude, you're welcome to come on anytime." And me and Brian have been, for, and now he's a DJ at the station. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I got to spend a lot of time talking to him at the last one, and uh, Vince Cavanaugh. You know, I've I've been friends with him, and we've jaw jacked back and I've forth on Facebook met, quite a bit. I've never met Vince. I have interacted him on Facebook, and he seems like a super, super cool dude, man. He absolutely is. Yeah, I just called him a couple weeks ago. You know, yeah. God, but he must have talked for two, three hours. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a good guy, man. He's a real good guy. I don't, I'm not on that level, with, but I hope he comes, man, because I'd love to see him. It's you know? it's going to be rough for him to make it. He's got other stuff that coincides with that uh, weekend. But well, hey, let, let me play this commercial real quick. Okay. It's been a long time since we've rock and rolled, but that all changes this August as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Special guests this year include Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, and current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Accept, and more. Stage panels, signing sessions, and photo ops will be available, plus lots of vinyl and memorabilia vendors. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on site for live interviews, speaking sessions, networking, and more. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. 
Rockin' Pod weekend kicks off with a pre-party featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skeo and his new band Resist and Bite making their debut performance as well as a rare hair set featuring surprise guests performing all-time classics. Rockin' Pod weekend takes place August 6th through the 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets, VIP passes, podcast registration, and discounted hotel rooms are available now at rockandpod.com. Rockin' Pod is brought to you by DBG Productions, Bradley Entertainment, and Encaptia. There you go, Rockin' Pod weekend, August 6th, 7th, 8th. Nashville, Tennessee at the uh, Hilton at the airport. Nashville Hilton at the airport, I guess is what it is. It's going to be a great time. I would give everybody the guest list, but uh, I was talking with Sinzak earlier, and he's going to come on because I, dude, he's still working on securing guests. Oh, I know. I, I does that guy get any sleep? I don't know how because he he works so hard to get Rock and Pod going, and then when he's done, he's already setting up the following year. So I think maybe last year he got to rest. I mean, <laughs> for he, real, because he had to cancel the thing. I mean, think about. It. I know he has a day job. You know, and then on top yeah, and, of that, and the wife, the kids, <laughs> right? And then on top of that, he does that podcast, his amazing podcast, every week, every yeah, week, fail. every fucking week. And then he organizes this thing, and I mean, I just have all the respect in the world for Chris. Man, he's just a good guy. I mean, he don't like Slayer, so I try not to hold that against him. <laughs> but, but no, all joking around, so I don't care, man. My, my co-hosts don't like Slayer, you know. But Bill amazes me because it's like, wait a minute, let me get this straight, bro. You 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 love Sepultura, but you don't like Slayer because Tom's vocals are too abrasive. Hmm. That's weird to me. That's weird to me. That's because, dude, Max has... Max Cavalera has a pretty abrasive voice, man. I mean, sure, just... but you know what my comparison to that would be? I like all these singers from the 80s with these high-pitched voices, and I think Getty Lee, his voice grates on me like nothing right. I've ever heard. Well, I know there's a lot of people that feel that way about Getty. Now, I love Rush, but not everything they did, though. I'm not a Rush tard by any stretch of the imagination. I love their, their 70s stuff and their early 80s stuff. After that, I now the last couple albums I did like, you know, because I got back to being heavy again. But again, I, I like uh, Getty's voice, but I know a lot of people that are like, "Oh my God, I can't stand his voice," you oh, know. And, and, and they're they're that way about. Um, I've heard nails on a chalkboard. I've heard people complain about Dave Mustaine. I've heard people complain about Bobby Blitz from Overkill. You know, Bobby Blitz mm-hmm. Ellsworth. I've heard a lot of you know people. Um, you know, complain. I mean, but. Uh, I've heard people complain about King Diamond, but I love me some King Diamond. So it's just... Yeah, see, I do too. Go figure. King Diamond, hey, he's okay. Getty Lee, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I, <laughs> I can't I take own... away from the talent and the musicianship oh, I, I never I have. No, and you never will. I know that because you're not that kind of guy. But it's like even me, I might bash on Poison, but I don't disparage any of those dudes as talent. And I'll tell you for one fucking reason. I couldn't play it. I have no musical talent whatsoever. I'm just being blunt, okay? So for me to go, well, that guy sucks. Just because I don't dig it doesn't mean that they're not any good. It just means I don't dig it. Yeah, because, well, music is, uh, like everything else, is subjective. Right. You know, like when I was younger, I was a lot more arrogant. was like, oh, this is this and that. But as I got older, I realized, you know, hey, you know, uh, that's 
my opinion, and, and, and like Ralph and Ian always say, timeline is everything. Absolutely. Because I'm here to tell you, man, I, I've talked to people who, you know, I was very, very, I'm not as critical as I used to be, but I was very, very critical for years of the Black Album by Metallica, okay? Thought it was a fucking blatant sellout. Still kind of feel that way, but my point that I'm trying to make is I had people tell me, well, I was, you gotta understand, that's the first metal album I ever heard. That's the first Metallica album I ever heard, and that's when I fell in love with them, and then I went back and got all the other albums, which I love, too. Okay, I get it. I get it. Because you know what? I was one of those guys that, I don't want to say in the very beginning, but I was in the early days. So, Again, I understand. It's, it's the same thing with Motley Crue. I understand why some people, if Dr. Feelgood was your first Motley Crue album, or Girls, 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 or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you, you know, I get it. But my Motley Crue is shot the devil. That's my Motley Crue. You right. know, it's the only way I can get people to understand where I'm coming from, you know. And, you know, and, and part of that's because I had an older brother. Most dudes my age probably got into the crew around... Well, I'd say theater pain, girls, 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 but not all of them. But I had an older brother, so I was lucky. Boy, theater would be a bad time to get to the crew. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, man, I'm going to be honest. When I first heard theater, I kind of felt betrayed almost. Like, I was like, what is what is this? This is this is not my band. This is, it was like a different, I still feel that way. Like, when I listen to those albums and I listen to Shout, I'm like, fuck, it don't even sound like the same band, man. It's like. You know, for for me, you know, it's just like, what the fuck happened? You know, but but again, that's me. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of people love that record and love like I know some people that think the crew can do no wrong. Um, I don't know how they feel that way. But <laughs> yeah, you know, they they've definitely done some tripe. I mean, I'm not an idiot, but it's funny because a lot of the songs that, that people seem to absolutely hate are the ones that I like. But then songs that people like, like let's go back to that Doctor Feelgood album, uh, that uh, uh, without you, Ugh. people love that song. And I'm Why? Like, what the it hell sucks. are you listening to? It sucks. It's tripe. It's fucking. It, it was such an obvious. Okay, like okay. As much as I, I, I never want to hear home, home sweet home again. Um. See, I love that one. But I gotta go with Ian. It's a. It was a, you know, number one, it's kind of funny because everybody wants to act, oh, Motley Crue started that shit. Well, yeah, they did in a way. They started the whole, what do you want to call, power ballad. But man, a lot of heavy metal bands would do ballads from time. Jesus Christ, Black Sabbath did changes and, yeah. and she's gone. And, you know, there were a lot of times where metal bands would do more mellow songs, you know. Kiss did fucking Beth, for Christ's sake. So I don't want to hear Deep Purple about- with Child in Time. Right, not not everything they did was like, Ugh. and I gotta admit though, I I, I, I never want to hear it again because of the burnout factor. Because they played that fucking song every goddamn day on MTV, I couldn't escape it. But at the end of the day, it's not a bad song, and it it, it to me it came from the heart. It came from it, you know, Tommy was playing the piano, Vince started humming and singing along with it. Nikki wrote the lyrics and it's about being on the road to me that that song I think came from the heart without you is just fucking commercial tribe it was it was them trying to recreate home sweet home but it's not near as good and it's not genuine man it's you not know what gen- my problem is with it 
It's the way it's sung. I, that I, without chew. I, I, yeah. That I, gets under my skin like you cannot believe. But I have an issue with the English language. I'm like, damn it, speak it the way it's supposed to be said. Right. Those are two separate words. It's without and you. It's not without and chew. If you right. want a dip, go get one. <laughs> there you go. I never really <laughs> thought about it that way. I just think it sucks, man. I'm sorry. That's what grates on me because I love Time for Change on that album. You know, I'm not a big fan of, uh, I would say, like I said, man, it was weird with the crew. After that, I, there'd be like one or two songs where I'm like, oh, I like that. But it just wasn't for me. You know, I'm just saying for me, it just wasn't the same. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it's not that I expect every band to say, you know, I, cause I hate that. Oh, you want to grind daddy's gears, fucking go, oh, well, what you want to do? Shit's devil. <laughs> Part of me is like, well, yeah, I did. But, you know, besides that, I, 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 I don't have a problem with a band experimenting and, and trying different things. I understand that. I do. I'm not unreasonable, but that's one of the things that would always piss me off about the people that, you know, like I said, if you love the Black Album by Metallica, that's fine. Rock out with your cock out if you're a dude. Jam out with your clam out if you're a chick. And if you're whatever, well. Yeah, how are you going to ride that, son? (laughs) A point that I'm trying to make, man, is why are you getting mad because I don't like it? It's like, I like, literally, I remember in Bill Wayne's Facebook group page, which is no longer around because Facebook and their infinite wisdom decided it was too offensive or something. That's uh, a travesty. And, and that's such, it's such a great Facebook page. We love you, Bill Wayne. Um, you know, we, uh, I'm trying, I, yeah, somebody had posted, it was somebody posted, you know, because that's the way it was with that. I love that Facebook because somebody would post an album or an artist. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, well, okay, you asked, so I'm going to tell you. It's not like I just made a post and said, the Black Album sucks, fucking Demon Cock. Fuck all y'all. I didn't do that, you know? <laughs> and I just basically wrote down why I didn't like it. And this dude attacked me. Somebody who, I don't even think he's in the face. Him and Bill had a fallout. Dude's a douchebag. I noticed he was kind of a troll like he loved to fuck with people yeah and um you know he just thought he was really witty and and he was pretty witty but he didn't realize that i love as good a debate as anybody and uh i'm a big point and point counterpoint and uh he basically attacked me and said that my criticism was lame and for calling it a sellout because it was something you don't like. Like it or not, the black Bob Rock did from a child with the black album with Bob Ezrin did to kiss with Destroyer. I'm like, okay, I kind of see the analogy. I see where he was going there with that. Because I know that there was some blowback with Destroyer when it sure. came out. I loved it as a kid, man. To me, it was the album my brother bought right after Kiss Alive. It was, to me, sonically... Because that album just sounds so bigger than life, and it really captured my imagination. I'm just going to say it. To me, that record was almost like Star Wars for the years, with all the, the, the bells and whistles and everything that Bob Ezrin put on that album. You know, sure. the, hearing the guy wash the dishes and get in the car and start in the car and driving. And it was fucking cool, man. You know, like it was like, whoa. And then the car explodes. I mean, I'm like, well, fuck, this is picking up where Kiss Alive left off. Was it as raw? No, but it's, it, when you're a little kid, you don't really 
think about it on the channels. And you know what? Guess what? When I heard rock and roll over, I loved it. When my next door neighbor, who's still one of my best friends to this day, Brian Honecker, we call him Big B. He had the originals, is what they called it, which was a triple album. It was the first yeah, three. Yeah, the first three. And I remember when I first heard it, and I liked him, but I was almost shocked, like, whoa, this sounds different than Deuce on Alive. I don't know. I liked it. It was still cool, but it was different, you know. But but I loved it all because it was Kiss. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so for me, I wasn't one of those people, like, I know people older than me were like, fucking great expectations what the fuck is this and i get that because great expectations i mean i think i love it for sentimental reasons because i we played that record to death we played kiss alive to death we played we wore those fucking records out so i i i know great expectations is a fucking weird song okay i i get it i can understand why some people are like what the fuck is this man i, but, I prefer it to beth but i it's but i can understand somebody who was the first a fan of the first four kiss albums and i'm including alive going what the fuck i get that so i understood what that that dude was trying to say mm -hmm. however I get it too however what pissed me off about it was he compared bob rock who I can't stand, really. I'm sorry. Bob rocked him. I mean, he fucking produced Loverboy. Enough said. Enough said on that alone. I, I like Loverboy. I'm sorry about your bad luck. <laughs> sorry about your bad luck, Bush. But I'm not a fan of Bob Rock, okay? I'm just not. And um, Did good stuff with... No, that was Mutt Lang. Never mind. I was thinking yeah. Def Leppard, but that was Mutt Lang. Yeah, R right. So I'm not a I'm not a Bob Rock fan. So when he got his claws into Metallica, number one, he can't wear Bob Ezrin's jockstrap. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. He can't. Bob Ezrin produced all those great Alice Cooper albums, the band and the solo artists. He fucking produced The Wall. He produced Destroyer. That alone, like leaving everything else out, it fucking makes Bob Rock look like shit in comparison. I'm I'm sorry, but to me it was like seriously, dude. I said that. Bob Rock, Bob Rock can't even carry his jock strap. So that's laughable to me. Like that you're even going to compare the two, you know, like I kind of know what you're saying though. I go, but to me, dynasty is more of an analogy to the black album. Cause it was when kiss was trying to be like, I mean, they went disco for Christ's sake. They were trying to be accessible. They were trying to go mainstream. Now did Metallica go disco? No, of course not. But let's be honest. That album was, it was what it was. It was them, you know, changing their sound, trying to be more accessible, trying to be palpable, because that's what Bob Rock does. He makes everything palpable, easy to digest, okay, for the masses. That's what he does. Sure. Period. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Because you know, for someone like me, uh, I didn't know much about Metallica until justice came out right and that was only because finally metallica's getting some they're picking up some steam in the mainstream and they release a video for one i had never heard anything like that yeah you know now i'm still a bigger megadeth fan and always have been right. but i had the you know my first megadeth experience was peace cells my first metallica experience is justice there you go so so i'm a fan of the black album but my favorite metallica album is Ride the Lightning, and everyone will swear that Master is their best album. You know no. what, you, Bushy, you would be you'd be wrong. Uh, 
my nephew Kane, that's his favorite. I know a lot of people that put Ride uh, as above all. For me, though, dude, honestly, when it comes to especially the Cliff Burton era of the band, you can't go wrong with any of them. You, you, if you want to say, hey, man, Kill Em All is the greatest or, 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 or Ride or even Masters, I'm not going to fucking argue with you. I'm not, you know, um, where to me, like Megadeth, man, I mean, Peace Cells was my introduction to that band. It was my, that was the album that made me go, okay, I'm buying in on this thrash metal thing completely now. Oh yeah. Cause that video it, it, for Peace Cells, oh, I sat there like fuck, that kid. I, I sat there like the kid on the video watching the video, you know, right, I'm like, this is the news, man. Yeah, dude. I mean. So, so for me, I, I know what you're trying to say, dude. I mean, I, I get it. You're, you're basically saying, fuck, man. Um, uh, I know what you're saying. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I understand what people, uh, you know, so I understood what the dude was trying to say. But the way he just came at me, like saying, well, your criticism's lame. Well, how is it lame? Like, I didn't say your fucking support of the album was lame. I didn't attack. Right. I just like felt like you kind of attacked it. Me. Yeah. So, so I shot back, and and then he said another thing. He said that that the black album was a progression. And what did you expect them to do? Play a million miles an hour for the rest of their career? And I'm going, I hate that. I hate it when anybody who who support you know who defends the black album throws that in my face. I'm like, you stupid motherfucker. Let's be let's be really clear about this. The the only pure thrash metal album that Metallica ever did. Let's be real. Was the first one. Kill them all, yeah. There are many, many medium-paced or slower tracks on Ride and Master of Puppets. Yeah, my favorite Metallica song of all time is Fade to Black. Well, there you go, okay? Um, and I love those songs. I love those songs. They're great songs, man. But but so, so to sit there, and that's exactly what I threw in his face. I fucking picked, I don't know how many songs off both Ride and Master that weren't fucking a billion miles an hour. And I'm like, those, those songs aren't... Uh, thrash metal songs but they fucking rule they're right. they're you know they're great fucking songs and they shit all over anything that's on the black album i said i go maybe your definition of progress is different from mine to me progress means it gets better and if you're gonna fucking sit there and actually tell me with a straight face that the black album is better than master of puppets or ride the lightning or kill them all then you know what you and i are just on two different ends of the spectrum of the Metallica fan base. And you know what, bro? That's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's fucking cool. Okay, cool, whatever. But obviously you and I just have two different views on what Metallica is. And, and, and you, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I, I mean, I felt like I, I defended myself. I told him what was up, but I didn't attack him. Next thing I know, he just says, nice rant, Mike. Too bad it isn't very useful. Wow. And I went, oh, oh my. Oh my. So then I shot back and said, Rant? Hmm. I was like, I'll admit, I get very wordy. I said, even in general conversations, I said, I'm a dude who will talk your fucking ear off. And even with, the, yeah, I'll get wordy. I'll elab, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I, I'll, I go on what I call a tangent. I wouldn't necessarily call it a rant. I go, and as far as uh, it being useful or not, I said, what the fuck does that even mean? Are you saying that my opinion's not useful because you disagree? I go, because if that's the case, then you're an arrogant motherfucker. 
You know, I'm like, because it's all opinions, bro. Like, this is all opinions. Like, who gives a fuck? I think the Black Album's a blatant sellout, and you obviously think it's the greatest thing ever recorded. Who gives a fuck? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. At you know, all. like, I'm not going to change your mind, and you're not going to change mine. But, you know, whether it's useful or not, I was like, that's just a fuckstick thing to say or something like that. And I'll never forget, man, because afterwards, Ian Wadley put Metal Mike has spoken. Mic drop. He put mic drop parentheses. And you know what? Dude didn't come at me after that. He didn't say a fucking word, man. Because to me, that was just him being bitter because it's like, in fact, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, that's all you got? This nice <laughs> rant, Mike? Too bad it isn't very useful. It's like, get the fuck out. But me and him got into it over Kiss, too, because he was all like, he's totally team Gene and Paul, and, and Ace was a fuck up and a drug addict and blah, 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 blah. And I just said basically that, yes, while some of that is true, I also pointed out that Gene does that shit, and everybody gives him a pass because he's Gene Simmons, but they want to crucify Ace, who, by the way, only missed a few recordings. It wasn't that many. It wasn't. And by the way, when Ace was recording a lot of his songs, like Rocket Ride, Gene didn't play a fucking note on that song. That's all Ace and Peter. Period. With some backing vocals by Paul. That's it. There is no, you know, like, I, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I, I, but the thing was, is when I said that, you know, Paul even said, oh, well, we lost our popularity because of our costumes and we went disco. Um, no, Paul. Your attendance dwindled because you fucking sold out with some disco bullshit and it hurt your credibility with the hard rock and heavy metal community. You know, you know, the fans that had supported you up until that point. That's what happened. And then you double down with Unmask. Okay, and then you lose your fucking mind on the elder. So, you know, you want to blame somebody. <laughs> Blame yourself because, by the way, the drug addict, the drunk alcoholic, he was the one that was telling you all of that was a bad idea, and nobody listened to him. See, I'm hoping that stuff's in Ace's book because it I is okay. Because I don't remember it in Paul or Gene's book because I've read uh, Paul's, I've read Gene's, and I just oh, recently Ace, finished Peter's. Ace wasn't real thrilled with the musical direction they went with Unmasked, but he was very much against the elder he felt like the band needed to go back to their hard rock heavy metal roots he felt that the fans the hard rock heavy metal fans he even mentioned it in that kiss documentary they did a few years ago um where he even said he goes i just felt like we needed to go back to our roots that our fans didn't like what we were doing man and at that point in time peter was gone so ace got voted outvoted by paul and gene every fucking time and and my point that I'm trying to make is, you know what? The fuck up was right, wasn't he? Ultimately, yeah. he was right. And guess what? He had his fingers on the pulse of the fans. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like, I love me some Gene Simmons, but that solo album, he lost his fucking mind. Man. You're getting, like, fucking disco singers, and you're doing all this. And and then, like, that one song where they, with the choir, like, what? The Gene Simmons Gospel Hour? What the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> I mean... That album is just all over the place, and it's not. To me, it was. I do agree with Ian. That was kind of the beginning of the end, you know. Like if Gene had done a really heavy record, who knows what would have happened? I think the solo albums would have been a lot more successful if they had, because at that point in time, Gene was the face of Kiss. Let's just be real; he was the most popular member of the band at that time. 
I'm not saying Ace didn't have his fans then or that Paul didn't and Peter did. But I'm telling you, if that album would have been heavy like it should have been. Well, if you remember Extreme Close Up, you know, he was saying he had no desire to do a solo record anyway because he was happy doing the Kiss thing. And he even said, so his whole purpose of life was just to get whoever he could to play on the album. He didn't a lot, of that's, a lot of that's bullshit, though, because uh, the solo albums, they always sell it. Oh, Peter and Ace wouldn't leave the band. Ace says that's a fucking lie. The solo albums was in their contract. When they broke big with Alive, they re-signed with Casablanca. Part of the deal was a solo album. That's why Ace was pocketing his songs, dude. Ah, oh, gotcha. Okay, so, and I'm pretty sure that's in Ace's book. It's been a while since I've read it, but I'm telling you, man, you know, like, like, like I said, like, I, I love Gene and Paul. I, in spite of, you know, I, I mean, the thing that bothers me about Paul sometimes is the fact that, like, I don't give a fuck about him doing this Soul Station shit. I know some people. I love Soul Station. I know some people want to make fun of it and make fun of him for doing it. I'm like, look, man, as far as I'm concerned, um, and this is somebody who who doesn't really support scab kiss, if you will, or whatever you want to call it. Um, Paul and all them artists, all these older, they've earned the right to do whatever the fuck they want. If they, you know, if they want to do um, like Paul's doing this thing, let him do. Who like he's earned the right, dude. He's earned the right. He has earned the right. If, if, if people want to buy it and people like it, and I mean, I can't even really attack it. I haven't even really listened to it, to be honest with you, man. Um, but my point that I'm trying to make with people is people want to attack him for that. I know some people, like our friend Tim Bream with his memes and Sink and Stanley, and don't get me wrong, I do think it's funny. Um, Sometimes. I'm, it's, oh, it's overkill. It is overkill, though. He does, I think, you know, no offense, Tim, but, you know, my brother even was like, fuck, dude. Like, my brother actually defended Paul a while back in one of those Facebook groups. He's like, hey, man, you know, it's he's still Paul Stanley. This is the guy who wrote Black Diamond, for fuck's sake, man. I mean, you know, and Love Gun and fucking Detroit Rock City. And, I mean, I, I, I think with Paul, though, where he brings some of it on himself is him shooting his mouth off. Oh, yeah. You know, like some of the shit he says, especially when he's like, well, you know, if you don't have it anymore, you should just quit. He says Peter and Ace is past his prime when it's clearly fucking obvious to anybody with eyes and ears that he is, too. It's just shit like that. It rubs people the wrong way. I mean, I I even wonder, like, Paul, why are you so pissed off and bitter? I mean, at the end of the day, you kind of won, didn't you? Like, so I don't really understand but I, I guess Paul's just one of those people, though, because, I mean, Eddie Truck talks about it all the time. Like, And look, I know some people want to criticize Eddie, and I, I think he can be a bit of a blowhard, too. But at the end of the day, nobody flew that kiss flag higher than fucking Eddie Trump, dude. It's kind of like the Decibel Geeks with Vinnie Vincent. You know what I mean? Nobody flew that kiss flag higher. He supported them in all their lineups all the time. And just sure. because he wasn't down with having two dudes dressed as Peter and Ace, Paul Stanley made him public enemy number one. And I, it's like Paul's one of those, like, if you're not down with what, if you're not totally like, you're kicked out of the kingdom of Kithdom. Yeah. The Kithdom. You're just kicked out. And I'm like, well, hey, fuck you then, if that's how you feel. Like, but to me, this is the way I look at it. Nothing's ever going to tank those old records. I don't no. give a fuck. It doesn't matter. I mean, 
it doesn't matter. It's like they don't. Um, it, it, and that's what I mean. Like Paul, like a lot of people bagged on Ozzy's last album. I gotta admit, I didn't really care for it. Didn't really do a lot for me. Very, very disappointed. But at the end of the day, he's recording something. It makes him happy. What the fuck? I mean, Ozzy's given me so much great music over the years. I don't begrudge. You know what I mean? Like fuck it. I don't care if that makes any sense. No, it does. Cause like, I. I tend to stay out of so much of this stuff. You know, the memes coming up all the time. I'm just like, ugh, whatever, scroll by. Right. You know, it, it, it's kind of like the Sammy bashing you see all the time on there by people that can't stay at Hagar. You know, scroll by. I don't need to get involved in this. You know, it's, I don't care what these people say because everybody's entitled to their opinions. Sure. And yes, at some point, if you give enough opinions, you're going to contradict yourself at some point. Sure. Who cares? Well, Who cares? Because all I care about is, can I put on this album and enjoy it? Right. At the end of the day, Bushy, that's all that matters. And the thing I was going to say about the Sammy bashing, as far as I'm concerned, um, like anybody who knows me knows I'm not a Hagar hater. Love Montrose. Like a lot of Sammy solo stuff. I was one of those people that when Sammy joined, I was very excited. I think I've mentioned this before, that I was yeah. like, Stoked. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Heavy metal and space station number nine and fucking rock candy combined with fucking everybody wants some and, and atomic punk and eruption. This is going to fucking rule. And you can understand, man, where in the area I live, Sammy's like a god here in the St. Louis metro east area, dude. Um, I don't quite put him up on that, but I like Hagar. I like him. But I, I he's not... I mean, I like him, but he's not one of he's not in my top five or what you, you know what I mean. Yeah, for see, me, for me, for me, he's a bucket list guy. I've got to see him before he's well, done I, I would or like gone. To see him. I would like to see him, man. But that but dude was, still puts on a show. But I was very, very disappointed with fifty one fifty. I think everybody knows this about me. I felt like, what is this top forty fucking schlock bullshit? I still feel that way to this day, but at the end of the day, man, um, again, that doesn't ruin my love for Montrose and a lot of his solo stuff. And, um, any more than it ruins my love for classic Van Halen with David Lee Roth. I, I just feel like, well, I still have those records. I still have those. And like I said, I understand some people, if, look, if you don't like Hagar, fine. I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, because to me, I don't care. Like Ian yeah, and Powell, I, I, those I don't guys, can, and 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 to me, that's like like when our friend Mark Alden Taylor made that video years ago, kind of, you know, attacking RMCP about the Sammy bashing, and and I'm just like, bro, if you really think Ian literally meant for people to set themselves on fire, number one, come on, dude. I said, dude, they have been. Hagar bashing since the very fucking inception of that podcast, man. So oh, absolutely. Like, you know, how can you and, and how can you take that seriously? To me, it was funny. I laughed. I didn't get pissed or fucking offended. I could, you know, I'm like, really? Like, I, I like, like anybody's really going to set a Hagar fan on fire. No. That's like me. I'm a huge Hagar fan and I laugh at the stuff. I, mean, well, I do sure. a lot of eye rolling, but it's like. Come on, so what? They hate it. So what? I, I am not going to lose any sleep over this. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I to me, getting mad about it 
uh, getting mad about anybody who doesn't like a band that you don't like or even puts down an artist you don't like it's just stupid man like i don't get pissed when people don't like pantera i don't care i love pantera and that's all that fucking matters to me like you, you know what i mean i'm just throwing that out there i mean there's a lot of bands you can i mean everybody it, it doesn't matter you know but to me it was like man that's the rmcp's They've been doing that since day fucking one, man. I mean, it's like their trademark. It's what they do. You know, it's like, it's, and I think it's funny because even though, like I said, I do like Sammy, man. I There's things about it, though, where I'm just like, where I roll my eyes is when he's all like, you know, I'm like, look, Sammy, I love you, but you wrote your book. You said what you said. There ain't no taking it back now. And you can't, um, to me, it was like, I just felt like he should have let some of that go. It was like, you know, and I enjoyed his book, by the way. I read it, even though I didn't. I, I still haven't read it. I didn't believe everything he said because he tried to make it out like he was just as popular as Van Halen when he joined him. And I'm sorry, I was there. Maybe in St. Louis, yeah. But, bro, Van Halen was selling out sometimes two or three nights in a row. Okay, like I again, I, I didn't get to go to these shows, but I was there. Sammy Hagar was doing well. He was ma making money. And by that point in time, you know, VOA come out. I can't drive 55 is a huge hit for him. Sammy wasn't hurting by any stretch of the imagination, but he was right. not on the level of fucking Van Halen. He just wasn't, man. And there's just little things there where I felt like he was kind of stretching the truth or or making it it's like bro no no you you weren't man but at the end of the day i still enjoyed the book i still enjoyed the book well, here's my book, thing with, with with van halen the sammy era i understand where he can come off cocky because they did explode now you can show me these you know riaa record numbers that's fine i get that some of the roth guys jumped off the bandwagon but you cannot deny the top oh, they tens were they had. They were successful. You know? I'm, I would never, and ever the take only, that away from them. The only issue I'll ever have with the quote-unquote Van Hagar haters is all the hate for Sammy. And I'm like, dude, did you not listen to 1984? This was an Eddie issue. Yeah, that's why a, David Lee Roth left the fucking band. Everybody thinks it was all because of their personalities. Yes, that was part of it. Dave was fucked up on drugs. Eddie's fucked up. The egos and all that bullshit. But a lot of it, Dave just said that a while back, was musical direction. Eddie wanted to go keyboard heavy. He wanted to go in that direction. David didn't. That's why he made Edom and Smile, which is very reminiscent of Van Halen of that era. Of course, what ended up happening, even though I love Edom and Smile and think it's a great fucking record, and it did do well. I think it went double platinum. It's not like, it, you know, Dave didn't sell records, but it wasn't as commercially successful as, as Van Halen. So what's what's David do? Oh, well, we got to throw keyboards. We got to do this. And that's why Skyscraper, in my opinion, is not a good a record. And it, it, oh, I fucking love Skyscraper. Well, I'm, I'm, that's cool that you do. I'm not saying it's a bad record, dude, but it's no Edom and Smile, in my opinion. Again, it's, my it's, it's not. And, and, and my point is, is he decided to beat Van Halen through our own game. And, and ultimately, it's why Steve Vai and Billy Sheehan left. Again, because they wanted to fucking rock. You know, they didn't want to, you know, and 
And ultimately, I think it did derail David's solo career. Like, yes, he sold still. I think the last few albums after that, he would at least go platinum. Yeah, he did okay. But I think if he'd have just kept going with doing what he was doing, it's it's the same argument I make for Megadeth. Like, I say always, out of the big four, Megadeth would have been number fucking two instead of Slayer if Megadeth would have stayed true to what they were. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I feel that way. Proof's in the pudding. If Megadeth was bigger than Slayer, they would have fucking played right before Metallica. They didn't. The role came out, Anthrax played first, then Megadeth, then Slayer, then Metallica. Slayer, yeah, Megadeth, Netflix, Megadeth still had the best set. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. That's I'm talking about the fact that Slayer and the big picture eclipsed Megadeth. And I don't think that happens if Megadeth... I mean, it's not so like... So you're saying if Countdown of Euthanasia and Risk don't come out... I'm saying if Count, or not Countdown, I see, I like Countdown. I think Countdown's a good record. Yes, it's not as thrashy as the albums before it, but it's still a metal record. It's still heavy. It's uh, maybe a little bit more palpable, but it, to me, Euthanasia was their black album. That's, that's when I tuned out, Bushy, for a while. I quit listening to Megadeth, and I hated fucking, what was the other shit? Like Risk and, uh, uh, yeah, risk was cryptic bad. writings and cryptic writings is great. Uh, see, I didn't care for it, but you know, to be fair, I that's something I need to do. I need to go through my Megadeth discography because I got all the everything they've done digitally, or just so a, do I. Um, but I don't, I haven't really listened because I've heard a lot of people say, Oh man, United Abominations and 13s when they got back to their thrash metal roots, and I do agree with that. But I still say, and I'll say it right now, I think Dystopia is the best fucking record they've done since Rust in Peace. There, I said it. That's my Dude, opinion, but that's how album. I feel. It's a great record. That's it, a good album. You know, I'm not saying 13 don't have some good tunes. I'm not saying that there weren't still good tunes on those records, but I have to be honest with you, man. When, when, when fucking euthanasia, when I opened that CD case and I saw them all striking poses and their air blowing and the way, it broke my heart. I'm like, what in the <laughs> fuck is this, man? Like, no, because I think Dave was obsessed. I have to beat Metallica. I have to beat Metallica. I have to beat Metallica. So, well, I'm going to be like Metallica. I'm going to be more commercial. I'm going to be more accessible. And ultimately, I think it may have hurt him. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. This is just my fucking opinion. I know a lot of people love those records. So, but for me, it was like, I think Megadeth would have still been not because man, back in the day, it wasn't clearly defined who was number two to me. You know, you could make that argument for slavery. God damn, dude, Megadeth was on a roll at that time. I mean, you had, oh, fuck. Well, the first album, you know, Killing Is My Business. Then you had fucking P-Cells. Then you get So Far, So Good, So What, which to my opinion is a totally underrated record. Then oh, fucking, it absolutely is. Great record. And then you got fucking Rust in Peace, Are You Kidding Me? Then Countdown. Like, they were on a roll, Bushy, and I'm not so sure that Slayer was bigger than Megadeth at that point in time. Even though they were putting out, I mean, fuck the Unholy Trilogy, as they call it. I mean, from Rain and Blood to South of Heaven. 
Seasons. Uh, Seasons of the Abyss. I mean, my God. And then you count the first two records, which I love too. I mean, Slayer was on a roll too. So I don't want to make it out like, you know, but I, I just don't know if it would have been, I think it would be more debatable where it's not now. Like Slayer is, is number two. It's, there's no, I'm talking successful wiser or, 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 or I don't know how to put it, man. But in, in the mind of, I think most people, because let's be honest, who played before Metallica? Slayer did. Not negative. Proofs in the fucking pudding, man. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to argue. I think we should cut it off there, dude. We've we've been on here for a while. I, I think we've I, got a solid episode. I think you're right. I think this has been a phenomenal episode, and I am stoked to be back, Bushy. I am too. I'm stoked for Rockin' Pod, uh, August sixth, seventh, and eighth. We will be having Sinzak on here in the next few weeks. For, We're gonna, gonna have work some that really out. cool guests, man. Because, like I said, I I, I want to finagle Doctor Fuck to come on here. We gotta have Duckets back for debauchery of Duckets too. Um, as far as our Cobra Kai review, guys, that's something that we're gonna have to put way on the back burner. I'm sorry about that, but real life got in the way, and it's like there's so much other stuff going on right now that we need to talk about and address. So eventually, maybe we will get around to that. You know, suffice to say, we think it's a great fucking show, and we highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. Season four coming out this Christmas. Hell yeah, can't wait. Can't wait, man. All right, I, I really don't have anything to promote but, uh, you know, Rock and Pod. I'm reading, Ace, I'm reading Ace Fraley's book, No Regrets. Great book. I do have a killer book to read after that that I picked up uh, on Michael Sweet's recommendation because I guess Striper's involved in it. But it's called uh, Nothing But a Good Time, uh, The Uncensored History of the 80s Hard Rock Explosion. And I cannot wait to get into that. I'll have to let you know how that is once I read it. But right now, it's all about Rocket Pod, man. We are ramping up to Rocket Pod. I've got uh, proofs coming to me in a few days for stickers advertising the podcast so we can get it out there a little bit. I'm, I'm strongly considering business cards because I'm, I'm ready to take it to the next level. You know, I need to make some business cards, man. I need to talk to my brother because he actually had designed me a badass business card. And I never got around to, to printing it. And then I'm kind of glad I didn't, though, because at the time it had my old Friday slot, which I still have Fridays, but it was my old time slot, with that thrash metal show I used to do. Nice. And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know if I can... Um, you know, so I'm going to, but I do want to get, I'm going to talk to him about that, man. Cause my brother's great at Adobe. He can just make so many cool graphics. Well, you know that he made the yeah. goddamn graphics for our station, the guitar player, the skull, all our logos and shit. He does all that shit. Yeah. I can't, I can't wait for you to see the stickers. Like I said, I, they're coming. I only ordered two great. weeks for now they, so they I can send them to fantastic, you. Fantastic, dude. I cannot wait. And I said, if you need me to split with the cost, you just let me know, brother. And man, it, it's just been too long, dude. This has been great. Thank you for uh, doing this, man. I'm stoked. I'm stoked for Rock and Pod, and um, yeah, uh, and and the direction we're going to take this podcast, man. I'm 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 down. You know what? I don't think I'm going to plug anything other than our fucking podcast and our amazing station. Make sure you check out that metal station with all our DJs, all our shows. And what's really going to be cool about Rock and Pod is there's going to be a, a presence with us because there's four fucking DJs who are also podcasters that's going to be at this thing. I mean, number one, well, you got Dr. Fuck. Oh, I forgot about Yeah, Ralph's coming. Yeah, Rock and Metal's coming. Yeah, Rock and Metal's coming. Then you got me and you, and then we got Vernomanic, who's also got his own podcast, mm -hmm. uh, Metal Mayhem ROC, which I suggest you check out. Really cool 
uh, podcast. Berno, though, he couldn't get the platinum package in time, but he's got the gold package. So he said he's definitely going to, you know, you know, I think hang out with us somewhat. He's really excited to meet us. And that's cool, man. And, and uh, but like I said, I know he's going to be busy doing his thing, too, you know, because, uh, yeah, like I said, he I, I mean, I don't know. Does the gold package get to do interviews or how does that work? I'm, you know what, I am not sure. I would have to, let's see. I mean, it's not that big a deal, man. You know, yeah. we can, we we can, we can find this out after we end this episode, man. There's no reason to, to belabor it. But yeah, man, just make sure you check out that metal station. Make sure you check out Bushy Wins Your Show. Uh, Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. That's where you'll hear everything from Slayer to Motorhead to Debbie Gibson. <laughs> and uh how, how how long is it it's 10 to what 10 to 1 is three hours and it's the big bushy power hour right because yeah ladies, one bushy power hour is the equivalent of three regular hours three That's normal right. hours. okay yeah you, bushy, you never know what bushy you're gonna measures hear measures time show. differently than we do he's not he is not of of earth so you know you guys just gotta you know realize it's more than an hour folks because it's a power hour <laughs> Bushy's That's right. And of course, my show every Friday from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the Metal Mike Show. Uh, I I love doing it. I'm so glad to be back. Had a full chat room uh, two weeks in a row, man. Um, it means the world to me. And again, I just want to thank, um, you know, uh, of course, Ralph and, and Ian for their inspiration, Bill Wayne for his Facebook group page, and of course Scott Green for the opportunity. So there you go, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, man. Then we are going to get out of here. Um, you have any final thoughts? Stay metal, motherfuckers. <laughs> Outstanding. And you know where I'm going to go? Motherfuckers, buy vinyl. We'll see you next time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go But hey, I say, well that's okay Cause we'll see you very soon, I know Very soon, I know What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug See you next week (laughs) 